maybe <laughs> eating a Godfather's pizza. Yeah, it's it's very Midwestern pizza. What does that mean? A lot thick of crust. Yeah, a lot yeah. of thick crust. Yeah, Chicago kind of style. Made you look. <laughs> Welcome to Set Jitter Park. Happy Saturday, Robert. Happy Saturday to you. How are you feeling? I know you have taken ill recently. Yeah, I think it's mostly sinuses and allergies. And so if I sound a little stuffy, audience, I apologize. This is the best you're going to get for me for a while. You still sound pretty good and you still have yeah. that strong radio voice. Well, thanks. So <laughs> You don't sound like I was watching Hollow Man last night and I got sick from Hollow Man. You know, this week I was actually pulling a little bit on my broadcast roots. I was a last minute call to facilitate a webinar. Uh, and so I was at live webinar uh, Q&A with a, a couple of pedi- childhood pediatricians. And so I was like, all right, this is live. I'm, I'm in charge. So it went That's well. awesome. You got yeah. to tap into your, your broadcasting background. I, I did. And I was trying to manage questions and keep it going and stuff like that. So your your job, more or less. How do you... How do you um... I'm sure you did great. How how do you what's your like mindset during webinars when it's live? Are you in freak mode? Are you in control? Like how does that work? If I'm the If you're like engineering the whole thing. Yeah. Um I'm just in, like to me I always I do this with events too, you know, like once the train starts, there's no stopping, you know. Yes. Uh, so 10 o'clock or whenever the event starts, you know, like this is it. It doesn't matter what happens. There's no stop and go back. You keep going. You keep going. I'm yeah. the same way. I, I might, um, in like regular life, something might bother me like, uh, oh, did I did I get the cat food? Is, am I going to be able to get wet food tonight for the cat? Like something like that might bother me. But when it comes to like live events, for whatever reason, I don't crack under pressure. I'm like, there's nothing we can do about it. The train has <laughs> left the station. Like we're on this we're on this ride, you know. But some people do. Some people are like, oh my gosh, like the audio is not working. It's like, what are you going to do? There's nothing no. you can do. Yeah. No, I, I've had my share of panic moments for absolutely. But uh, but yeah, at some point I learned, I'm like, you know what? Things happen and it doesn't help if I'm freaking out, especially if I'm the kind of lead on the stage trying to orchestrate everything. Right. I mean, sometimes shit happens. Somebody's got to deal with it. And who are you going to call? <laughs> You're going to call the Ghostbusters. I was not going to go there, but you can. Oh. <laughs> hey, I was watching, um, I watched Ghostbusters 2 the other night. Um <laughs> I know. It's always a uh, and then I watch the trailer. You ever do that? You ever like watch an old movie? You're like, what was the trailer for this like? Well, sometimes I do because sometimes the trailers have scenes not in the movie. So yeah, I Ghostbusters Two is a good example. Of that. Yeah, they had so, scenes so, that weren't in there. Yeah. And you wonder like what happened to that? Why did we not see the same movie? I remember we went to a sneak preview of She's Having a Baby, uh, the Kevin Bacon, Elizabeth McGovern, um, John Hughes film. And it was a uh, sneak preview, so we got to stay for a movie after. And the movie after happened to have a preview for She's Having a Baby, which we just saw. And there was multiple scenes. Where, and people were just like, what? We didn't see that. People kind of felt ripped off, I think. But... Yeah, I have a feeling of being ripped off when you see some of those scenes. You go, well, what, what happened? Where is it? And then it's not on the like, bonus features, you know, deleted scenes. You're like, what, what did you guys do? Twister, where's that tire? Yeah, where is that tire? By the way, Robert sent me a photograph the other day of him driving, and it looked like he was in the film Twister. Was that a tornado you were driving into? No, it was just a bad thunderstorm rolling through. (laughs) I was was driving along, and I was listening to NPR, and they said, and chance of thunder showers for about 30%. And I literally looked to my left, and it was like black. And I'm like, well, I think it's more than 30%. 
I didn't it say need therapy. But you were just so, it seemed like you were just so calm about it. You're like, yeah, it looks like a mint twister swerving around. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, that might be a Midwestern thing that like literally if the weather gets bad, if it turns green, the sirens go off, we all go running outside <laughs> to see what this is about. <laughs> to see what the big deal is. Yeah. That's how it is on the East Coast with uh, hurricanes. They're like, you know, avoid travel and stuff like that. And of course, like school goes on and there's like buses floating down a river and they're like, eh, it's just a rainstorm. <laughs> Yeah, we got to keep you know. mach- machinery going. Um, yeah, you got to see what's going on. But yeah, literally, I run out the door every time. <laughs> don't I, I, go outside. It's it's probably like driving past a bad car accident. You don't want to look, but you're looking for the corpse yeah. on the road. Well, it's exciting, you know. Like, you know, oh, it's pitch black. Let's. This is going to be good. Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. So that twister really, um, <laughs> really got got me going. I survived it. Phew. Um, but I'm glad. I hope you start feeling better. I'm sorry that you were you have Thank taken you. ill this Thank week. You. Okay, we have a great show tonight. Tweet us at the underscore podcast. So you're listening to Set Jetter Saturdays with the Set Jetter himself, Robert Patterson. Check out his website, setjetter.com. That's set-jetter.com, and on Instagram at set underscore jetter. Um, we have hit the next. First of all, the next decade, and do they still hold up, Robert? But the next millennia, we are in Y2K mode for the year 2000. I don't think, and people don't talk about Y2K anymore. What, what a f- scare that was supposed to be. <laughs> they, yeah, they don't, they don't bring that up. You never hear that. Yeah. They even, uh, was it Strange Days, I think, was a movie that kind of tried to hit on that a little bit or kind of hit on that fear going around but everybody turn off your computers who knows what's going to happen yeah tur- turn off your computers who knows <laughs> and if you remember it went away pretty quick too there wasn't a lot yeah. of retraction of sorry we we amplified this because it really was just a social phenomenon i mean the government wasn't saying like this is going to happen i think they knew everything was fine yeah but we had to worry about something we have to worry about something what did they think it was going to be like Goldeneye, where like the computers just melt and we go back to the Stone Age. I think there was a little bit about that, like you know, like oh, you won't be able to access your bank accounts, and you know, energy will be shut off because computers won't know what to do. They'll think it's you know, nineteen hundred. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they didn't make the software for no. crazy. <laughs> Everybody, take out your floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember floppy disks yeah. well. We were, we were verging on, uh, you know, burning CDs at that point, or we, we were, so. Right, right. Um, but we have a great list. We have an interesting list uh, tonight. <laughs> we have a great show tonight. We don't have a good list. There, there really is a, it's a very bad list for the year 2000. Do you agree? Yeah, especially the top 10 is definitely, I own one or two of them, I think, but, so, we'll it's see. It's a bad list if you yeah. only own two. Yeah. But. We, uh, we're going to get into it because we are completists here at Set Jetter Saturday. So, Robert, why don't you kick us off? What is the highest grossing film of the year 2000? I don't know how this happened, but it's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> I don't know how that happened either. And I'm very surprised to even see that as the biggest selling film of 2000 because I'd imagine this came out towards the holidays. Yeah, but, so, you know, the box means... office counts, you know, that a 2000 film. Even if it made a lot of more money in 2001, it's still a 2000 film. Right. So I guess this, but this film was released in the end of 99? No, it was probably a 2000 film if we listed it here, I think. Yeah. Okay. So 
Grinch Stole think, Christmas. Yeah. I've only seen this maybe I think once in the theater. Maybe maybe one of the time at home. Um, I like Jim Carrey. I think he was the perfect choice for the Grinch, but I don't think it holds up. No, no and, and we're starting to get to that weird cinematography of the two early two thousands, where it's a little too glossy and stuff like that and, and kind of because special effects in this film is kind of a little bit this is the way the film was supposed to look but yeah so i i did not care for it and and i always had a little something against this film because you know for almost two decades the set was behind the bates motel at universal studios so you could see the bates house and you know, the bates motel and then sticking out behind the bates motel would be all these whoville is it whoville or what is the name of the town? whoville certainly uh behind it i'm like you're like you're ruining the aesthetics yeah we talked about that too recently how that was behind there and and we looked at some photographs of the the whoville set and it's just what you said it's this weird monstrosity and it's also a christmas movie which christmas stuff always looks so out of place when it's not christmas time it's just like do you feel that way i like after january 6th historically the epiphany when you take the tree down and you see christmas decorations like towards february you're kind of like that's so tacky yeah like no i'm i'm day after christmas they should they should be gone i'm i'm that person yeah i'm i see i keep them up a little bit um but i don't keep them up long and uh even my wife will always say wow you're, you're not messing around same with halloween halloween decorations are down the next day i just don't i don't want to live in that like weird tim burton kind of house you know it's over it's over it's over. Number two, we have Mission Impossible 2. Arguably, Tom Cruise has his best hair in this movie. Uh, and is this the Doves one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's what I remember most. But yeah, so, and this is around the era where I had a friend who managed an AMC theater. And so he would actually, and kids, this is when film was actually on film. And they had to watch it a couple days ahead of time uh, just to make sure that there was no breaks in the film. And so uh, I would go you know, a couple days you know, before the film was released at one in the morning and go screen these films with him. So I got to see a little bit of everything, whether I liked it or not. But it was a free movie. It was free, yeah. Yeah. So you and can't beat that. The only price is kind of just like zero sleep and kind of being ill the next day by you know four oh, yeah. hours of sleep, yes. We've spoken about that too, Robert and I offline. Uh, I had, had a similar friend. I think we all had that one friend that worked in a movie theater and didn't really like being there. So he was like, I'm just going to have my friends come when they can. And it was free popcorn, but it was always that 1 a.m. screening where you're like, yeah, yeah I guess I guess, I guess Hollow Man's See? what I wanted to do <laughs> on a Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Why, well, let's see what it is. It's Paul Verhoeven, you know. <laughs> How bad is. can it be? <laughs> How bad can it be? <laughs> Hollow Man is streaming somewhere too. Uh, you know what? That might be a new uh, podcast title. How bad Hollow can Man. it be? Or just how bad can it be? Yeah. <laughs> how bad can it be? Oh, it can be bad. Um, Mission Impossible Two doesn't hold up for me. I saw this theatrically, maybe once other, but um, it's they all run together. So if you like those movies, you will like Mission Impossible Two. But nothing yeah. in it stood out for me. No, they they kind of run together for me, and then usually Tom has a good, you know, two or three kind of tentpole stunts in a film. Um, this one was kind of overly directed, but um, but also kind of unlike the first one, this the second one or the third one is usually kind of sets the formula for the franchise, and I think that's what this one did. I agree. Yeah, it set the tone for the rest of it. Um, 
Do they still hold up? What do we have for number three, sir? Gladiator. <laughs> My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Loyal servant to the true Marcus Aurelius. Father of a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and my Australian accent held up in ancient Rome. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to guess for the, you, this movie does not hold up. Uh, it semi-holds up for me. And I was kind of looking, I'm like, do I, I do own this on Blu-ray, but not okay. 4K. Um, so at the time, I this is probably one of my favorite films, or probably one of my favorite films of the year. Um, because great soundtrack. I think that's what kind of did it for me. Uh, Ridley Scott was just right, you know, for not quite over-directing anything. Um, and, um, yeah, it had a great look. And I enjoyed the special effects for at the time. Some of the special effects have not held up as well, but... Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was entertained. Uh, <laughs> are you not entertained? <laughs> the soundtrack is great. Um, this is one of those interesting movies, too, where it came out, it won a lot of awards at the time, not dissimilar to like Braveheart in 96, where a movie like that today probably wouldn't, you know, clean up with nominations today at the time. Yeah. Um, but I do think, yeah, overall, this movie does hold up. It's still pretty um, well directed, and the action sequences are, you know, what it's all about, what it's known for. So. And it was, there was kind of a lot of copycats of sort you know and i think of like troy and everything and it was just when i think about that and i think that kind of like ruins it a little bit but um but yeah russell crow crow at probably his best looking oh absolutely also too those copycats had most of the same cast that were in gladiator and braveheart like after that like troy has like five of the same actors literally from like both of those movies (laughs) You know, um, I mean, it's Troy, just like the bad blonde hair. And is that Troy? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, that. Troy, not, Brad yeah. Pitt plays Achilles. Yeah, it's uh, it's might as well put Sean Connery. <laughs> well, the, the actor, yeah. um, Brian, I'm, try, I'm not going to waste your time googling his name, but he's in um, a bunch of those movies. Um, and you know, it, it's it's very melodramatic, where in Troy, it's just like. The next time we fight, you will die. And you're like, oh, it's like Transformers we're watching. <laughs> it's very cheesy. Uh, but but uh, Gladiator still holds up. It's a good yeah, movie. So I would, I would agree with you there. We may not agree on this next one. We're not going to agree on this next one. This is the perfect storm. This is really getting to the top of his game. George Clooney, up and coming Mark Wahlberg, um, pre-Planet of the Apes. And this is about the Andrea Gale fishing vessel, vessel which um, sunk off, or presumed sank, in the perfect storm of 1991. Uh, John C. Riley in one of his serious roles as William Fitchner, Karen Allen, Bob Guten, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. This thing's a powerhouse. Diane Lane. Yeah. Anyone that doesn't like this movie needs to rewatch it tonight. You know, it's funny. John C. Riley. I don't know if we can say that anymore because literally I think he only does serious roles. <laughs> yeah, I think he's all I think he's all business now. It, yeah, it used to be like uh, like a former comedian but now actor and now he's just Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to like have longevity. Yeah. Um this film still holds up for me. I think it's a great movie directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Um it uh it's a true story. It makes you um, you know, feel for that sort of industry, that life in New England, and um, I think I think Clooney did a pretty good job as as the captain. 
I, mean, I remember very New England accents going on, especially in the beginning. <laughs> there are a lot of New England accents. There's a lot of bar <laughs> New England accents. It's just like, I need subtitles. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get a bat. The bat, packy cat, yeah, you fresh mouth. <laughs> what? I was, uh, and there's a lot of Red Sox hats. Yeah. I was talking to one of our neighbors, and they said something about, well, I was out at the, sh- at, out at the shore. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Joey Z Shore? But, down the shore yeah well that's why i'm like because i don't think anybody east coast just calls it the shore you know la you never call you don't talk about going to the shore oh yeah no 100 yeah. percent. you say yeah. you go down the shore if you're on the east coast yeah yeah so but, but you say the beach like everywhere else correct correct like everywhere else in the world yeah i think you say you go to the beach but um the perfect shore <laughs> the perfect shore there's a shortage of beer down there in the cat pack it is not a fight breaking out. It's the perfect shore in Dorchester. Perfect shore. Uh, so I, I'll admit I've not watched this movie in a while, but I also do not own it. Okay. I look forward to one day watching it during one of my <laughs> hotel stays. You look forward. Yeah. That one window where you're in the room yep. and this is on. You're gonna this watch is what it. I'll watch. I'll watch it for you. Number, number five. Thank you, Robert. I hope I don't let you down. I think I will when you watch it. <laughs> Number five is Meet the Parents. This is the first of three awkward movies starring Ben Stiller playing Ben Stiller. And uh, I think this one holds up the best out of all of them. Yeah, if I'm remembering the correct one, this this one was was still pretty good. Uh, I really liked Blythe Danner as the mother. I thought she was good. This has one of my all-time favorite movie scenes uh, where he's asking for a... He's at the ticket counter and she's clicking along needle i mean it's just like i don't know if they still do. rarely do we go to ticket counters anymore um but that that was the way where they would just literally be typing you know for two solid minutes looking for a seat and like what are you looking at you know is there no there's no mouse nothing it's just a keyboard that's all they have out there <laughs> right there's nothing hooked up to that keyboard you know? is that also the scene where they're like group 7a and nobody <laughs> is in that and he's just waiting like he's the last person left in the terminal i don't know it might be so but i remember i just remember getting a big kick out of that you can't say bomb on a plane bomb 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it still holds up, and it is a fun movie. Uh, I do like Owen Wilson's character. One of my probably my favorite scene in that movie, where he's like, "Well, I made it out of salvaged balsa wood. What better person to copy than Jesus? Greg's Jewish. He is. Well, so is JC. You're in good company. Oh, uh, so yeah. So I think it's, it's it for the most part holds up pretty well. Before things got a little bit crazy in the sequels. Yeah, because they did Meet the Fockers. Yes. And then Meet the Little Fockers or something. Yeah. Um, so obviously, it, it was a good casting with Streisand, I think, because, you know, you need to you need some heavyweights up there for, for who can chew the scenery the most. And Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. And it's not, it's certainly the sequels with Streisand, because Streisand was in the, the sequels. Second, huh? Yeah, the second one, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's certainly not The Mirror Has Two Faces, but Oof. it is... Up there. By the way, Mirror Has Two Faces, which is on our 96 list, I think, of Can't Look Away. Mm-hmm. It's streaming somewhere else now. And the you know how they do the artwork thumbnail yeah. for you to click on? It's Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> like it's it's geared towards like a James Bond looking thing. And I'm like, this is this is a poor re- misrepresentation of the film. But Rose. It's just him. 
it's just him in like a suit, like the Thomas Crown affair. But it, you're like, that's not the movie. That's not the movie. They'll be disappointed when they click on like, where is he? Where what is movie he? am I watching? Well, I'm glad you did watch that. Of course. <laughs> oh, the Christmas orchestra string. That's I love the watch. Yeah. yeah. Where he's looking at his watch. Like, how dare you? Um, Dudley Moore was fired from that film. <laughs> He was supposed to play the George Seagal part. Oh, really? Yeah. He was fired? Well, he kept forgetting his lines, and I think this was before he knew they, his con- health condition and stuff like that. So oh. he, was, he was fired. So. Poor guy. Imagine the movie, what the movie would have been. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see. Oh, Next is another non-favorite of mine, X-Men. This is the first X-Men. Yeah, could could be at this point we call X. Yeah, I don't know. We call X Men X Men again, yeah. like the Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad. Oh, that's so ridiculous! I know. Somebody else said that to me recently. They go, "Why is it the <laughs> and Su- like are they the same movie?" And I went, "Thank you." <laughs> Who knows? You know what? It's not only annoying that they do that, but it's also like you spend millions and millions of dollars on a film. Give it like a unique title. Like if I wrote a song, you won't do that with music. You yeah. know, I wouldn't write a song called Let It Be and, pl- and release it. And assume that, you know, like, it's fine. Yeah, like, they've done that. They've only done that, like, twice. They did that with Stand By Me and Oasis, John Lennon, and something else. But, like, they don't, they purposely don't do that because you don't want to confuse the movies. Like, you spend that much money making a film, give it the respect it deserves. Or, I think so. or in this case, that, doesn't. I would say, that, I think that's the key, though. They do want to confuse people. <laughs> And say, come that's, see this. That's poor marketing, then. Like, <laughs> it, it sucks. We admit that. So, we're going to trick you. Like, I don't. Tricking me into watching something that I think is something else doesn't make me really care for the movie. No, it turns you off. I said, did we see this? But um, are you an X Men fan? Uh, I am not. I've seen the films. I'm just, uh, or I've seen the first three. I'm just not a. They're not really made for me, particularly. Yeah, me either. So, and I know I had friends that were, and they're like, "Oh, can't wait to see this character." Like, and I'm like, "All right, like," and all I can see, Jean Grey has a headache. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So. <laughs> now these films obviously do well because they keep making them. They do, and kind of remaking them and prequel, you know, like different universes. So pe- people keep seeing them. I'm not sure how many there are, but uh, yeah, I'll not for me. Right. This is, um, is it one of the X-Men? I think it was, yeah, it was the second one has the opening scene in the White House, which I still think is like a great scene. It's just really cool with the Secret Service and the set. Um, But other than that, yeah, they they don't really, they don't really hold up for me either. So I'll pass. Um, However, the next one, (laughs) I'm I'm acting all like hoity-toity here and then like, however... No, I you have a, to. You have to. I, however, I'm a huge fan of this next one, which is Scary Movie. We're gonna. We're, me too. We're gonna show. We're gonna show and discuss. If you're listening, um, this is on Robert's website. But Scary Movie kicked off it all. All of these spoofs you're seeing, date movie, you know, hero movie, whatever it is, you know, all of the spoofs thereafter. Scary Movie was like the new age, like comedy parody kind of thing this movie was huge if i'm not mistaken well obviously number uh, seven uh for that year it did pretty obviously pretty well so pretty good um, and as everybody knows scary movie that was the original title for scream so yeah 
became the true title of of the spoof. So I mean, X Men sucked, but however, <laughs> just sit back and buckle up because scary movie is here. Uh, so obviously Canadian film, it's probably kind of pretty easy to spot kind of uh, how Canadian films look, but yeah, so this is, it was one of my favorites. I remember seeing the theater and just laughing away. I'm not sure. Uh, some of it has probably not aged as well as other parts or some of the jokes are of its time, you know, but, um, because they, everything was less kind of what was happening in, um, I say the real world, it was kind of more movie, you know, spoofing, they, the jokes kind of still work. I know later they started kind of spoofing what uh, was happening kind of in in the political world or whatever, and those jokes obviously don't hold up at all. No, no, they don't. Um, here's a shot. This is uh, this is in Richmond. This yeah, is in this, uh, the Stand. Yeah, yep, the same um, same street as the Stand is. This is where the the movie theater was, and Sherry O'Terry is one of my favorites. <laughs> She's great as, as the reporter. Yeah, um, she is Bates awesome. Motel, uh, the TV series was shot a lot on the street, as well as a few other films. So this is a, a, a fun location down in Richmond, British Columbia. Richmond, BC. Um, this is cool. Oh, Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> my fa- I just that's one of my favorite scenes, and so, uh, and I still cite this movie. Like uh, a few years ago, uh, we went to go see a movie not at Alamo that I've talked about before, and. And we're like, that was it was a big risk for us. And literally, I thought, what are people going to be doing, talking on the phone? And, and this, the scene like almost literally came true, except for she wasn't <laughs> stabbed, stabbed at the end. You did Every, talk about that. Yeah. We're just talking. <laughs> it's always a risk. That's why it we don't is. take those kind of risks. Yeah. So Officer Doofy is probably one of my a fun Doofy. favorite characters. So, but yeah, some scary movie locations. Scary and movie we, locations. We hit a boot. Is one of my favorite <laughs> We hit a boot. <laughs> she is great. I do love her. And uh, you, you've you spoken about this before. I'm glad that we got to cover it uh, today, which is cool. Uh, number eight is What Lies Beneath. This is uh, Harrison Ford. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, yes. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> yes, this is where um, they think he murdered his wife, but he didn't. Or kind of thing? murdered somebody else. Murdered uh, somebody else, I mean. Mistress, maybe, I think. I can't remember. So it was kind of one of those films. Um, yeah. Because uh, I remember, obviously, the trailer or whatever, they kept doing, they, they kept repeating that scene of, like, uh, uh, she kind of, they do a close-up of you, and she was like, your wife? And her face changes a little bit. I'm like, is it supposed to be somebody else? I can't tell. It was, like, almost too subtle. Yeah, right. Yeah. You don't, what, what do you, like, what are they trying to do? Yeah, um, this does have my favorite. I at the time I was like, I don't know how they did that shot, and it's a, a shot. So spoilers: twenty one years later, uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is drugged, and she kind of drops to the floor, and the camera goes underneath her, so you can see. Look, you're you're looking up at her on the floor, like it's a glass floor. Now, obviously, it was like I I, I remember watching. I was like, how did they do that? She fell on a heart solid floor and they go underneath her and we're looking up at her as if we're looking through the floor it's one of my favorite shots and so only, only robert zemeckis would you would you have to have that in your your little thriller movie right yeah he needed to include that but hey here here we are talking about it 20 years later so it's, that shot still worked for me so for sure yeah no i, I know which one you're talking about um, um so it's definitely watch while you're in a hotel uh movie um i i still kind of if it's on i will kind of 
keep an eye out for it. I own it on DVD, but not Blu-ray. And it also stars the great Diana Scarwood in A Small World. So, I agree. Yeah, I also have it on DVD. I haven't watched that DVD in a long time, but it's there if, if I ever need, need to. Yes. If, yeah, if I need to. And um, every like, once in hey, a while I look up, that, that house was, I think, just built for the film. So, I think so. Not not on my list to go to, unfortunately. But If I ever get any people knocking on the door going, hey, can I borrow your What Lies Beneath DVD? I'll go... <laughs> You know what? I, I think just it's out. Watch. Let me check the shelf. Let me check the oh, shelf. The case is empty. You can case. wait around if you want to see if somebody's going to return it. Yeah, why don't you walk around? Just ask. <laughs> uh, number nine is uh, Dinosaur. This is a Disney adaptation of the ride Dinosaur, which uh, I think is an animal kingdom, and it was originally supposed to be called the end is near or something it's not like the end is beginning of extinction or something like that um i read an article on this this morning i was saying you just tripled my knowledge on this movie. no randomly <laughs> there was uh there was an article in my newsfeed that said the best and worst disney rides that were adapted into movies and i didn't i've never seen this movie but apparently this is a, a ride in the animal kingdom so gotcha. have um, you seen this i have not no oh, so yes, this is also, a big pass for both of us so this, this is... still holds up for kids, maybe. I don't know. It was not made for me, obviously, but it did yeah. very well. So, And you're kind of, obviously, we see that there's a couple of family films that did very well here. Yeah, a lot of family-friendly films. Um, number 10 on our list is Aaron Brockovich, Robert. This is a true story, and it's this has become kind of a parody of itself with <laughs> stuff today, right? It is. It's... Uh, so for the most part, this this still works. I think uh, Julia Roberts is was the big attraction of this movie. I don't think if she was in it, it would not be a top ten movie. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, she's also kind of in the Sean Connery realm of like uh, she did better in this one. Obviously, it, the the she's the lead character in the title, so uh, <laughs> we have to pretend this is Aaron Barkovich. Um, but as a well, great supporting uh, cast, uh, Albert Finney. Uh, I know Cherry Jones is in this. I think Margaret Hel- Helgenberger has a small role. Um, so I think it works. And it, it helps that it's based on a true story. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it still holds up. Um, but Julie Roberts does have that Sean Connery thing. Same with Brad Pitt, where you're like, oh, it's it's Brad Pitt. <laughs> well, I can believe her more as Aaron Brockovich than Brad Pitt. And <laughs> Brad Pitt as Achilles? Yeah. <laughs> as a Greek god son? And he still has, he, he, probably because he looked like a surfer rather than, I don't know, but. Oh, yeah, no, he wasn't he just, even <laughs> trying to trying to look Greek in that movie. It was like, he looked like he was should have been wrestling or something. Yeah. So it reminded me a little bit, you know, when Cher was in Mask, which she was great, but yeah. it's also it's like, oh, it's still, it's still Cher, you know. <laughs> right. I still want to turn back time. Um. I got you. I'm just, gonna let, I'm just gonna leave that with silence. <laughs> what chair? I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna. No, your turn back time comment. I was gonna. Oh yeah. That oh, I use that all the dad, time. I was gonna use that with dad humor silence. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was, I've tweeted out a few times. Uh, man, I just missed the pre-sale on these share tickets. If I could turn back time, Oof. and the second somebody calls me out on it, I'll stop doing it. But so far, it's always worked. <laughs> Cher's not on tour. I've never been. I've never been questioned like, "Hey, Cher's not yeah. touring." It was always. <laughs> it's it's just ridiculous. But hey, um, you know, I got you, babe. Well, I, I have a. Uh, oof, oof. <laughs> Do you like? I, Cher? I have a, 
I do. I went to go see her in concert, actually, with yeah, my dad. Great. So it, it was a good time. So, um, however, dad humor. I don't know. I, I usually You're just not a fan. With, I just meet with silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's the best approach. I mean, hey, I, if you believe in life after love, you know, that's all you got to do. Just believe in life after love. Just believe. <laughs> and there's my si- and there's silence. my silence. <laughs> and that was but the, the top ten joke a little bit too. So it's what the silence also helps dad humor because. Oh yeah, no, no, it's it's. Yeah. I think it's silence is the perfect like. <laughs> just let him fall. Yes. Um, that was the top ten. Very um, scattered list, to say the least. But um, yeah. honorable mentions will make up for it. I hope. Yeah, this uh, next one, I surprised it was not in the top 10 because I think it's a more popular movie than a lot that, that we said, and that is Castaway. Yeah, Castaway is, I thought that was a bigger film as well. Castaway is also one of those movies, if you haven't seen it, you can watch the trailer, and the entire movie is in the trailer. They give <laughs> they give away everything in the trailer. It's very interesting, but it is. like You will miss nothing if you watch the trailer. That being said, though, um, this is an interesting movie. People are split two ways with this. Um, it's like the movie Gravity. People either love it or they hate it. They're like, you know, they think it's a great film, or uh, you know, it's just about a guy on an island. Like, it's one guy. It's boring. What? Uh, I am on. I'm one of the people that enjoy this movie, and I will watch this frequently, and it still holds up for me. Castaway is a good one. Gotcha. Uh, also, a Robert Robert Zemeckis film. Yes, uh-huh. it is. And out of the two in yeah. 2000, I actually prefer What Lies Beneath, but that's just yeah. me. No, no, it's good. It's a good flick. Um, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is one, like I said, it became so parodied as well that <laughs> sometimes that's if it's all it is anymore. It just kind of it gets ruined a little bit. There's some cool cinematography on there, and it kind of makes you want to watch like Lord of the Flies kind of stuff. Uh, it has that interesting kind of feel to it, kind yeah. of scary a little bit, but um, yeah, it's been parodied so much with Wilson. Yes, yes. But they asked Robert Zemeckis what was in um, the the box. Do you remember he had the FedEx box? Oh yeah. They asked him at a at a like an interview or something, air screening after what was in the box, and he goes, "Oh, it was a waterproof, solar powered cell phone." <laughs> and you're like, "That's that's a brilliant answer. Like that's what that they should have put that in the movie where he opens it up that when he gets been, back and you know, you um, know, that would have been a good post credit. You know, like for those that stuck around to the very end and then." farmer opening up is like i've been waiting for this you know like <laughs> and tur- like and look point. batteries still work so like it was just well solar powered like he wouldn't even yeah, need batteries it works need, yeah so. no matter what yeah um that, that, that would have been funny <laughs> but uh number but, number two is scream three robert scream three yeah so at this time was the worst scream of them all but uh at this time, <laughs> I think Scream Four took that title, or it did for me personally. So, so this is when it became a little bit too. It really kind of became almost. It's interesting. This became the same year as Scary Movie, uh, because there's things that happened here became so self-referential. It's like, are you kind of poking funny of yourself? And I'm like, is this a parody of itself? I don't know. It has some good moments, but uh, it kind of got lost along the way. And Robert's entry on his website reads. Just a quick excerpt. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the worst of the series or if that crown belongs to Scream 4. So even when you wrote this, you I, were still very adamant about it doesn't hold up. I did not read this. I'm paraphrasing myself and not, not even knowing it. So, 
<laughs> I only have one line, folks. This is it. <laughs> this is it. I only have one line, folks. This is it. You got some really great shots, though, in this entry, for Thanks. sure. I do do my, do my best. So obviously, this one truly does take place uh, in in Hollywood, and so they kind of did their best. And uh, I know Cotton Weary's apartment is not too far from the Halloween and Elm Street houses, just kind of down Sunset Boulevard, a few blocks uh, for those that want to kind of visit that. Um, but yeah, oh, I know uh, where Harper is. The uh, yeah, and great stairs. I mean, this is kind of we, we spoke of 2000. I went to the Rose Bowl. This was that trip. I was walking up the street to to go visit Halloween on this this very visit. This that ver- the very visit. Um, cool. CBS Studios was where they were filming Stab Three. Um, I I do I do like Parker Posey. I thought she was kind of fun to be the the Courtney Cox character. So do I, for sure. Gail, um, I, I will, I will no longer comment on on Gail's bangs. <laughs> You're not gonna. <laughs> what was going on with the bangs? <laughs> she, she she had a very short kind of like inch and a half bangs going in this movie. Yeah, that's so right. It was not just a like good look. People, what? And she was like, she was extremely skinny in this one. It was just like, I remember it was kind of jarring at the time. Like, who is this? Isn't Gail? You know what happened to Courtney? But. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Gail. <laughs> this isn't the one. So, uh, but this, uh, the, uh, the Runyon Canyon house was kind of one of my favorite locations to see because it looks about, about the same and it's right next to a hiking trail. So this is kind of an easy visit for, for fans to, to check out one of these locations. For sure. And of course the mansion, Milton's uh, mansion is the, also used in Halloween H2O. So. Paramore state. Yes, but um, but yeah, it, it's okay, you know. Yeah, I, I I've only seen it the one time theatrically, yeah. so uh, I I enjoyed it at the time. Yeah, but not. I was one also thing. drunk, but oh no, I wasn't. I was yeah. seventeen. <laughs> of course, you weren't drunk then. Of course, nobody not. drinks if they're under twenty-one. Don't be silly. No, not at all. It's illegal. But no, yeah. I, I did enjoy it when it came out, though. I would watch it again. I think they're all streaming now on HBO Max. The whole Scream franchise, so. As we get oh. ready for Scream, <laughs> as we get ready for Scream, I did watch Scream the original the other night, um, but I didn't yeah. get, I didn't get to the second one, um, or I didn't fire it up. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, it holds up. It's great. So, so we'll see what the fifth Scream is really all about, since uh, they're they're not quite saying it's not really a sequel, but it takes place. I, I don't know. They're kind of being a little bit coy. I'm going to predict that they use elements from both sequel and reboot just to see like what sticks do you think they're going to be doing new nightmare do i think they will do one yeah i mean like are, is this going to be a meta new nightmare oh oh is this going to be a new like a new nightmare yeah. yes yeah. kind of i do yeah. i do think that it yeah. will be like that so i don't know i i know somebody that knows everything that the entire script but i, I haven't asked I, i'll i'll still want to be uh surprised surprised by the way happy anniversary to this week to the to the dream master robert you just posted some photos this week (laughs) i did i that's a lot of people's favorites is a nightmare on elm street 4 but not not mine but i get a lot of posts like this is the best one i'm like all right (laughs) i did see quite a few posts of people singing its praises um yeah there's some cool i think your entry on it is better than the movie (laughs) like with the griffith park fountain that's a cool shot yeah yeah, so, yeah, and I happen to be, there's several years the fountain wasn't even, there was no water, obviously, with the droughts and stuff like that. So sometimes you're lucky if you happen to catch the fountain with water going. 
I know. Yeah, it's kind of sad when it's not there. You're like, we can't even keep water going in this fucking place. <laughs> well, we're not not like Florida, who literally can't. <laughs> but, well, yeah, they cannot. Their yeah. COVID needs it. But yeah, your entry was really cool. Just a sidebar note on Dream Master. Um, you did a really good shot, especially I like the Rialto ones, too. Oh, yeah. So well, that's always got classic. And the Crave Inn, uh, which I did have lunch there once. Uh, yeah, that's cool. What what was the Rialto scene in the movie? I don't. I've only seen it like she once. Has a kind of a dream where she goes and buys a ticket, and then she's watching a movie, and then the movie turns into she shows the Craven, and her soda and popcorn start spilling into midair, and she flies into the screen. Oh, okay. That's, so, not not one of your favorites. It's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> Check out Scream Three. Uh, does that hold up for you, Scream Three? It's a movie. Uh. No, here's the thing. There's there's lines that I still use to this day, and we still we, we uh, Carl, call one of my my cat Judy Jurgenstern. <laughs> uh, the, the Carrie Fisher lines like you should talk, Judy Jurgenstern. You should talk, Judy Jurgenstern. Who do you work for? Us? Woodsboro High. <laughs> Woodsboro High. So that, that that movie is just made up for the whole Carrie Fisher scene. That that that's the scene for me in that movie. Yeah, that's it. That's why they did it. Yeah. If you get a scene with Carrie Fisher, do it, you know? <laughs> Still? Well, I don't think, I hope well, not. That's that's disgusting. Um, but I, I think one, one of the issues when I, they kind of begin to cross these lines because um, uh, who's the blonde girl that's in it uh, that she did the MTV stuff? I'm losing my name. Jenny McCarthy? Yeah, yeah. So like she, and then she ended up being in Scary Movie and then. And what's his name? And and the later scary movies end up being in Scream Four. And I'm like, what? It, it was like, I don't, I don't know. The same casting director was like, we, <laughs> come over to this set, and we'll get you in this one too. Yeah, if you did the, the same spoof, character. Yeah, if you do the spoof, I don't think you can do. Go back to the original film series. No, you know? I think it hurts the the film. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, it just I was like, I was like, what? I can't take this seriously. But... Yeah, it's making fun of it, but. Yeah. Uh, number four, we have the Patriot. Robert, I'm going to guess this doesn't hold up for you. It does not. <laughs> it holds up for me. I watch it every Fourth of July. I have since <laughs> the year 2000. <laughs> I know this movie inside and out, and I know its flaws. And I can tell you, it's a it's the Revolutionary War boiled down to one man's like. It's basically Braveheart during the Revolutionary War, but um, it is beautifully shot. It's Roland Emmerich, and uh, it has a. Uh, I think it's Roland Emmerich. No, it's is it Roland Emmerich? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of ridiculous. But I still like this movie. It holds up for me. Roland Emmerich. Yeah. So the guy that did Independence Day did this, folks. It's great. <laughs> All right. It's great. This is the point in the hotel where I'm like, I'm gonna go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> this town. You know who is great in here though is um, he plays Tar- Captain Tarling Tavington, who's a He's supposed to be like the real Captain Tarlington uh, yeah. in real life, but Jason Isaac's character um, is great in this. He's just you just hate him so much. He's such a good villain. Um, he is a good actor too, but um, the, this is not this was not made for you, Robert. It was not, but it's, it was made for you, I guess, at least on an annual basis. <laughs> yeah, every Fourth of July, I watch it. I'm sorry. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, it's patriotic. Uh, did we want to go to this one? Uh, oh, I skipped one. 
you skipped I'm one. Sorry. I'm surprised you skipped this one because yes, uh, yes. this is one of your your films, and that is Unbreakable. Uh, also, one of Tarantino's favorite films, which really? I didn't realize. I did not yeah. know that. Unbreakable is a film. It still holds up for me. I'm a little biased towards it, but I do think it's a great movie. Um, and I also think Unbreakable is ahead of its time. If this came out today, this would be a billion-dollar movie, mm-hmm. with the whole superhero thing. Yeah, and that was kind of – I guess that, that was more of the twist at that point. Um, but uh, early on, you kind of knew that comics were kind of part of this film. Um, and I, I felt – obviously, I saw it when it came out, and I felt lucky. I, I went to the screening of uh, – this was – before uh, when Glass was coming out, they kind of did a triple feature. So I got to kind of see this on the big screen again. So I thought, oh, it was yeah, that's good. so cool. Yeah. So it still holds up. Um, it, it is kind of a rush to the end. I feel like the third act is kind of smushed, like it gets over pretty quickly. You know, they kind of have one big thing and, and then it ends. But uh, I like everything about it. I like the cinematography. Um, understated Bruce Willis at his best. I agree. Yeah, and I do. I do think you're right about the end. They kind of do the reveal, and then next thing you know, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly. Uh, here's what's happening. You know, like uh, you don't see that too anymore. Like where people, you have to, you have to read what happened to these characters. <laughs> <laughs> there was Not a since there... Air, airplane. Have we had? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. It's a good call. Um, check out Robert's page in this too. We're going to walk through some of these pictures. But there was a there was an Amtrak um, train crash. Not few years back it was pretty bad in philadelphia and uh i was like saw it on my facebook feed and was looking through the comments and i saw somebody i know posted but they found bruce willis unharmed <laughs> coming from it. and i just was like that's the best thing i've ever seen dude like i it was just it was perfect everyone's like oh my gosh prayers for the victim and i hope they're okay bruce willis got out of <laughs> oh that's awful but so fantastic. bad but that, yeah, I was like, so yeah. But you did a great yeah. shot. Here's you, um, University of Pennsylvania. This is uh, yeah. Franklin Field. Uh, trespassing into their football stadium. Yeah, I like this. You gained <laughs> access to a day where there's no game. I walked in. Uh, <laughs> just like, walk, walk with confidence. So, uh, the comic book store is a bar now, and they were kind enough to let me take some pictures. So, not too, obviously it was hard because to line up because it's different now. But you can kind of see some stuff in the background that that looks the same. And did, did you all, know this location uh, where? What is it? Limited edition? Or um, yeah. did you know it was here, or did you like find something to match it up? I knew it was there, and so I, when I went in, and sometimes I don't plan to go actually inside places, but sometimes you just see them, like, and they kind of enough to let me take pictures, and they helped me because they said, because I looked around, I'm like, what? You know, like this is not what I was expecting in my mind, uh, and they said, oh, back here is where you had a conversation, and and so forth. So that was they were helpful that way. Because I'm always curious about the set jet process. Because I've been on a set jet with you, and you're very good and quick with getting in and out. But yeah. I've always wondered, like, for inside, like, how do you gauge that? Because I'm waiting to see pictures where you're like, "Here's the Nightmare on Elm Street house. The owners weren't home, so I broke in a window and got there." <laughs> I'm kidding. But how do yeah. you gauge that? Do you like look at if somebody's like, do you put your feelers out? Kind yeah, of thing? if it's public place. So actually, Unbreakable, I think it's one of those where I did go into another restaurant and they wouldn't let me take pictures. And I think I'm, I might have tried to snuck one. I can't remember. But um, oh, really? uh, but yeah, so here, here's the outside of Limited Edition. These are pretty almost in walking distance of each other. So we could we could do back east. We could do a walking M. Night tour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> walk- yeah. Um, people probably do that. You charge people $100 yeah. instead of 5 Actually, M. Night is actually the one giving the tour <laughs> he needs it yes 
Um, so, but yeah, so there's there's some recognizable spots uh, still. It just looks a little different with the bar and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, right. so th th these are fun locations to visit, and um, I just I like the feel of it. And I, as we talked before, that you know my dad was from back east, so I kind of felt. Uh, I have been to Philadelphia uh, many times over the years, so it feels very Philadelphian. I'm sorry. It feels very Philadelphian. Oh no, no, I heard what you said. I'm oh. just sorry oh. that you've had oh, to go sorry, to Philadelphia sorry. many times over the years. <laughs> I still sorry. have more fondness for Philadelphia than. Uh, than others do. Than so. others do. Yeah. <laughs> Great shot too. You really matched this up. Thank you. I don't know if I, they, think... I don't know if that's exact right spot, but at that point, I thought I was I was pressing my luck on going into. Uh, yeah. No, you're in. You're in around. Uh, you're in the stadium. <laughs> I mean, unauthorized. Unauthorized, but uh, but yeah. So and yeah, and I kind of I lucked out. You know, there were some spots that looked exactly the same. You know, all these years later, and then actually these. across the street is the actual. Uh, where he walks to the subway, or I, I guess calling it subway, I guess we call it the train, uh, down there. So it looks mostly the same. You did a great job. I love these. Yeah. Um, subway. Yeah. Good station. Call. Train station. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Hold up. Wait a second. Hold up. Wait a second. And then um, in a true set to form, I tumbled down the stairs just to yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're a completist. Um, this one is actually not a restaurant, so this is actually uh, part of a gallery, I think, or something like that. So, but oh, cool! Well, this is a great, um, yeah. great scene, great shot. Luckily, luckily, you can get that right through the window. <laughs> oh, did you get it through the window? Yeah, yeah. So this you can't is even all, tell. all through the window shots. But um, so when you look at these, oh, here's my secret shot. This is the only shot that I could kind of get of uh, the it's supposed to be kind of a train station but you know i was always curious about that because uh, you know, um it's not they 30th, do 30th street, street station yeah. uh, you know for his movies and I, I knew that that this wasn't that place but i've always wondered what this we're talking about uh folks this scene where david's kind of walking around after realizing he has the the power to um you know uh touch people and feel like what's going on and I've always wondered where this was because I knew it wasn't 30th Street Station, but I was surprised he didn't film it there. Mm. Probably too expensive to close it down or yeah. unable to close. You can't only close part of it down. So, yeah. So this is now a restaurant and they would not let me take any pictures, but oh. I snuck one anyway. <laughs> Good for you. They wouldn't. <laughs> they would not. So, yeah. but anyway, Unbreakable still holds up. Still holds up. Certainly for the both of us. Apologize for skipping that. Number five is one that I also do have on, uh, it, I don't know if it's Blu-ray, it might be DVD, but almost famous, Robert. Yeah. This so, is a classic. Uh, it is pretty much a classic. I've not revisited it in a while. Um, and at the time, was this, um, was this her breakout role, Goldie Hawn's daughter? I, her name's Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson, yeah. Yes. I think it was, if I remember. I, I think else. so. I can't, yeah. I can't think of anything else before. And she, she saw it, she was, Interesting because she had some of the kind of same Goldie spunk, um, but uh, totally. but yeah, yeah. So this still holds up. Um, I think obviously it has a cast of uh, many people, many talented actors, and I think like Frances McDormand and stuff like that that kind of all make it work. Yeah, totally. And I think they also it did a good job with. Um, it's a very quotable movie, but it's to me it has like a cool nostalgic feel, and yeah, I think that's the definition of holding up. 
if Robert approves of it, it holds up, folks. That's the it that's does. the bottom of the line. Yeah, yeah I think Criterion okay. has a new version of this. I'll have to check it out. But yeah. oh, like a director's cut kind of thing. Yeah, or just a new special edition. Okay. Next is Nicolas Cage in The Family Man. Have you ever seen this? I've not. Doesn't even ring a bell. Okay, it still holds up. It's a holiday <laughs> movie. It's uh, it does. It holds up. It's uh, Tia Leone when we still kind of liked her, um, okay. pre Jurassic Park. Three, Three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's basically it's a wonderful life kind of, but modern. And Nicolas Cage finds out he wakes up and instead of this like rich, power, powerful executive, you know, bachelor, he's a family man. And then he has to learn to love the simpler things in life. Um, but it's good. It's It's got some good one liners. Don Cheadle's in it. It's uh, It's funny. Not that I don't believe you but i i'm like googling i'm like is this really a film <laughs> it's it, it went under the radar i, I can tell gotcha. you that gotcha. it wasn't in the top it probably wasn't in the top 40 it was was it released on the same day as how the grinch stole christmas and then <laughs> just like sank into oblivion yeah just throw it out there the same day um <laughs> but so you've never seen the family man i have not yeah have you, have you ever heard of The Family Man? No. I'm okay. literally questioning existence. It's a weird title, too. You say Family Man, and people are like, oh, Family Guy? And you're like, no. No, no it's no. something completely the, different. The quintessential Nicolas Cage film, of course. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah I right. might have seen that. Um, <laughs> what do we have next? A Final Destination. Oh, this is the Which, movie that started it all. Yeah, who knew? It's interesting. Like, who knows? Who knows what's going to be a franchise? And I, I think this one kind of did really well. It was a unique idea, and I think it was originally an X Files script or something like that that was spun out into a a full full fledged movie, uh, originally called Flight One Eighty. Oh yeah, true and um, very successful uh, film um, franchise that I think I don't know about you, but. Uh, I was surprised that it did it well. It did as, as well as it did, and I was happy to see that. It was kind of a unique. So obviously, we're a few years past Scream, and we had a, a couple years of all the kind of Scream ripoffs, and so this was a little bit of a twist on that. And I think that's what attracted audiences. Um, this one had some not quite gross out effects yet. It kind of verged on it a little bit, but the, yeah. the sequels began to really kind of hone in on that. Um, and so, uh, if, if you don't know, I have a huge fear of flying. <laughs> despite how much I actually fly. so But I remember seeing this in the theater, and after the big scene, I can't remember who was, I was with, I was like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> they were worried about me oh, watching no. this. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. But, uh, but yeah, Vancouver, British Vancouver. Columbia. Vancouver Airport. I never would have thought you would have a fear of flying. Oh, yes, yeah. That's the way I'm going I have I'm a fear go. of heights. Yeah? Yeah, you know, like, deathly. That developed over the last five six years it's weird but um i like this movie not that i i've only seen it a few times but um in 2000 18 year old me looked exactly like this guy kerr smith oh really to the point where people <laughs> yeah, would like, I see it. strangers would tell me i mean yeah. I, i'll show you a picture of the cover of this movie in my like graduation picture it's <laughs> it's him and people would be like oh my gosh you look like jack from dawson's creek and i was like yeah i do um I, I love this movie for that. I, I got so much recognition for something for that, that somebody that wasn't yeah. me in 2000. But um, it's a good movie. And also, when you talk about the scenes where, uh, you know, like the bus hits him and stuff, 
yeah. pretty good jump scares for the time. They weren't making movies like that then where it just happens, you know? Yeah, and I, I'm sure Devin Sabo gets this all the time, but yeah, when I'm at it, I'm like, every time I get on a plane, I check the the tray thing. That, like, if that button comes oh, off, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm getting out of that plane. <laughs> Do you ever check it? Oh, I check it every time. Yeah. Do you really? Good for yeah. you. I, yeah, I... Uh, uh, surprisingly, Ugh. you know, and there's times where I, I literally fly 12 to 14 times a year, uh, and yeah. I still, yeah, kind of check it. So, uh, Vancouver, these were obviously some of my favorite locations, uh, many, year, many years ago that I went to, to visit or some of them, I think I found for the first time. Apologize. No problem. Uh, cat Vancouver, one of your favorite locations. It is. Um, and it, it looks like Vancouver. <laughs> I mean, see, to me, I, I see this film. Yeah, what it do you does see? look like Vancouver. Yeah. No, no, I see that. New York, I think. New York State. I see Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> I New think Chicago, parts of Chicago, can pass better for New York than Vancouver, like yeah. Central Park area. You know, there's something That's about true. Canada that you can tell it's Canada, and I don't know what that is, but you can. Oh, you can always like, and I don't know if it's guys have been there, but uh, well, like Adventures of Babysitting was partially shot. Or mostly shot in Canada, and you're like, that's not Chicago, you know. <laughs> that's not Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just glad that Adventures of Babysitting was shot there, and not yeah. um, Baby Geniuses, because uh, I I want to watch Baby Geniuses again. Have you not yet? So I feel uh, like that, that could be a new commentary, running commentary for. Get us. that baby. <laughs> Get that baby. Is oh. that Kathleen Turner saying that line? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah. At her best, so at her best. Oh, um, so apparently good. I but brought yeah. some screenshots to this this location. <laughs> you what? Apparently, I brought some screenshots to this location. Oh, I good look, call. I look at some of my matchups. I'm like, oh, I guess I did some some work here. This was also in when a stranger calls back. Uh, just a couple blocks away. Yep. So if you've seen that film, so another oh. fun thing, it's kind of like Vancouver, like all these locations are sometimes kind of within a few blocks of each other. You know, this is a good movie, uh, Final Destination. Yeah, it doesn't move quite as fast as the sequels do. So when you go back to revisit it, it seems a little bit slow. And you're like, come on. You, I mean, at the time, it's supposed to be kind of revealed. Like, how is this happening? And 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 once you know what's happening, you're like, this can't move fast enough. Like, get with it, you know? Yeah, and he, this, refresh memory, this character, he kind of, he cheated death by not getting on the plane. So is that why... Yeah, they, and they were killing he, everybody. He, he cheated. That, yeah, so and the people that got off with him were also supposed to die, and so then uh, because they kind of cheated death, death was still after them. They still had their numbers, so they were going one by one. I think in the order they were supposed to die. I think I can't remember, um, but yeah. So so this is down. Yeah. Uh, I think not too far from the airport, if I remember right. Um, this kind of little block here it's kind of fun so one, one of my visits here was the the canadian canadian version of thanksgiving so the streets were just dead empty it was perfect time oh cool to go uh to go shots and if you go down a little bit further um we went, visited of and well obviously the bus scene was shot here and so that's kind of like an iconic block um but if you go down a little bit further to when they go to paris was actually shot in victoria uh, british columbia and yeah, luckily, literally, I've never seen an emptier street or anything. There's like not a soul around, so I could take as much time. Oh my as gosh, you lucked out! Pictures. Yeah, so so this was Paris, 
uh, at the end of the film where you're standing there and, and the 180 sign just kind of smacks you right before the credits roll. Boom. That's so cool that you got these shots in such an empty atmosphere. Yeah, no, it was a fun time. You didn't have to deal with pesky tourists. Ah, pesky people. Yeah. Pesky people. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, it still holds up. Great entry. Um, Final Destination holds up for the both of us. Next is Charlie's Angels. This uh, does not hold up for me. That's all I'm going to say. It does hold up for me. You like this, Charlie. We've spoke about this. Yeah, you like the second this. one does not. This, this one still does for me. There's, there's Drew there's Barrymore, moments. Lucy Liu. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like what they did with it. And probably because I, I grew up in the 70s. I grew up with Charlie's Angels, so... Um, but it kind of worked with me. Uh, one of the first appearances by Melissa McCarthy, I think, in a one-scene role. She plays the secretary at the uh, the place that they come to to visit. So, but oh, uh, certainly certainly better than Charlie's Angel Two Full Throttle. They made a third one too, didn't they? Uh, they might have. They, I know they made a, re- a reboot called. I think I'm thinking of the reboot Charlie's Angels. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those franchises they don't need to keep making, but they do. They think somebody will go see it. And it's like every- the Ninja Turtles. You don't need yeah. to keep making them. You know what? If you hate Charlie's Angels 2000, you're going to really hate Charlie's Angels 2018 or whatever the last one was. Really? Oh. I, I don't hate Charlie's Angels 2000. I just didn't think it was anything great. Anything great. Well, if you really don't think that's anything great, wait till you see the <laughs> Why? Is it, is it bad? <laughs> it is unbearable. Unbearable. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's no fun for <laughs> really? that. Yeah, literally, there's no fun to be had in that one. It's, Yikes. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway. So, I guess I I'll have to watch that tonight yes. after Arby O'Gill or something. Yes. Speaking of unbearable. Speaking of unbearable, Big Mama's House. Uh, <laughs> this is another one that you've covered. Um, it was a 1 a.m. film for me. You know, <laughs> I had to see it. You had to see it. And you got you you covered this film, Big Mama's House. Yeah, I went to, I was there in down in Orange for uh, another location where they shot the Stepford Children, American Horror Story, and, and a few other things. And this is literally a couple blocks away. So I thought, hey, I'll add it to my repertoire. I don't understand why this uh, kind of film wouldn't hold up for you, though. Um, <laughs> I'm just not buying it, Robert. It's a classic. Yeah, does, does it hold up for you? No, it does not. It doesn't hold up for me. Uh, I didn't like it at the time. I, I actually never saw it theatrically. I saw this on TV, I think. Um, I'm surprised Paul Giamatti was actually in it. But, He's done um, a couple of films where he sold his soul, I'll be honest. <laughs> he does. I, some of yeah. those guys do, you know? Um, like De Niro oh, Mer- did. Rocky American, Pie 3, American Pie 3 was shot on that street as well. Oh, really? Yep, yep. Uh, for one of the, I think it was the third one where they kind of kept changing where the spot was going to be. <gasps> What is this? Well, we this have the Bates familiar. Motel. Yeah. <laughs> right they there. Shot. Bates Motel, ladies and gentlemen, was also in Big Mama's house. Is something you don't hear on the tour. <laughs> the, yeah, they never say, you know, also the Cactus Motel, as you, as, as everybody knows, in the one <laughs> scene in Big Do Mama's you, house. When you show pictures at conventions or talk about psycho and you go yeah the bates motel i've been there a lot they go the bates motel bates motel oh you mean the cactus (laughs) motel was that like yes i'm sorry i should have led with that (laughs) i do that with people a lot uh they'll go if the situation presents itself you know somebody will say yeah remember that like puff daddy song and i'll be like who Mm -hmm. oh you mean diddy 
<laughs> oh, you mean like something that you know who it is, but you just I don't I don't understand what that is. And it's actually Puff Daddy <laughs> asking you that. And it's, <laughs> it's uh, oh my gosh! I actually did. I did go to more locations than I thought. <laughs> yeah, you did quite the quite the trip yeah. here for Big Mom's is, house. I know this is in Glendale. I was. It's not even close to Orange. Um, <laughs> You're a fan. That's good. Really, I was. Um, and of course, Franklin Canyon Reservoir Park. So, is this where American Horror Story was filmed? 1984. Yeah. Yeah. Sure was. Okay, cool. Were you here was... for for there at different look different times? Yeah, so I I usually hit this place at least almost every trip or every other trip just for it's a nice calming to the middle of your day and for for folks that don't know like technically this is just right in the middle of I mean just north of Beverly Hills and you go into there and it's like dead quiet you don't just you don't hear anything it just kind of feels like you're in the middle of of nowhere so it's a nice spot to kind of Take a quick walk and relax. And they've shot hundreds of things there from Friday the 13th part five and four to Freddy versus or uh, Freddy's Dead, American Horror Story 1984, The Blob, Sleepwalkers. Yeah. The Blob. Yeah. Sleepwalkers. Everything. I just watched that not too long ago, Robert. That's a tough, tough sell. It's, <laughs> it is. Oh. It is. Uh, yeah. I, I try to want to watch like that movie, but I know. Uh, yeah, gosh, I guess I covered this movie more than I thought. <laughs> You're a good fan of this movie. Um, you did great, great work though. Here you were, yeah. Paul Giamatti. I was. He was here in Omaha a couple years ago for an event. What was the event? Was it? It was something film related or? Different? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that we have a nonprofit uh, film here, uh, cinema here, and so uh, every once in a while they bring in a celebrity to kind of meet with that. So he mingled oh, with. Cool. with the commoners down there. So, is it a is is the nonprofit film um, or theater like an old one, like an old like Main Street kind of? You no, know, they actually they built a new theater. It's called it's called Film Streams, and so so mm. if, over the years they brought in you know Jane Fonda. Um, I'm, not, I'm just going to kind of forget everybody they brought in. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be blanket on everybody, but, but they, like they some bring, big names. Yeah, yeah, and because. Uh, um they have ties and stuff like that so it's kind of a, a conversation so they had they 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 do kind of do a, a conversation and they bring have questions from the audience and stuff like that so sometimes the celebrity comes out before or after to kind of mingle so oh um, and you know me and getting pictures with celebrities so you got to do it yeah well you should yeah. do it because it's who you are yeah. you know for your site and stuff like of course they should want to meet me they should i agree they should <laughs> And if not, they need to be known that there has been, yeah. and their career will start to fall. Um, and Ms. Octavia Spencer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just saw her um, in Fruitvale Station. She, uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't age. She, she ages very well. Yeah, so I like her. Um, I, I love Fruitvale Station. I think that was a great film. That is a great film. Big Mama's house does not hold up for Robert and myself. Well, I I can't speak for Robert. It doesn't hold up for me. It does not. I I might watch it in a hotel though. What is your policy on hotel films? Do you will you watch anything, or do you is do you have a certain like discretion I have, that you? Use? I still have discretion, i.e. the Patriot. 
I, I'm gonna go oh, stare at the. On. I'm gonna stare at the hotel wall instead. <laughs> I'm gonna stare at the sink and just turn the water <laughs> off and on. I'm gonna I'm count drips in the sink I'm rather gonna... than watch the Patriot. <laughs> you know who? You know who did the the score for the Patriot? Who? John Williams. Oh, really? Believe it or not, yeah. They 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 were. Um, the story goes when they were producing it, they're like, "Who can we get for the score?" And somebody made a joke that said, "Let's get John Williams." And they're like, no, let's try to get him. And they, they got him and he did they got it. Him. And it's a great score. Well, so. what he was doing, I'm looking, he wasn't doing anything else in 2000. So that's why. No, he wasn't doing anything <laughs> for a few years. Um, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. But uh, okay. So Big Mama's House did not hold up. Hollow yeah. Man. This is a wonderful film. Hollow it, Man. It's a film. It's a film. <laughs> um. I, I saw a, this Robert in one of my friends, like like similar to you, one of the uh, one AM free yeah. screening things with maybe it was the same night. Okay. Maybe it was the same. Yeah, I, I, maybe <laughs> that's why the movie didn't do that well. because I'm just saying for free for free and realized we we gave it the bad word of mouth that nobody needed to uh, need to see this. So uh, it, it has some you know usually Kevin Bacon Elizabeth Shue you can't usually cannot go wrong with Elizabeth Shue. Um, no. But it uh, this was a time Paul Verhoeven was just I it it, it had a, some big stamps of Paul Verhoeven. I don't think his kind of the way his movies didn't it didn't translate to this script. Right. No, I agree with you. Um, cool idea on paper didn't really pan out. Um, feels a little rushed. And again, Elizabeth Shue, um, Kevin Bacon. You think it would be all there, but the movie's not not there. Doesn't uh, doesn't hold up. It has some weird kind of sexual overtones, which yeah, I'm fine with, but it just didn't, it felt creepy in this movie, but the movie was kind of excelling in some creepiness. I don't know. Yeah, no, the sexual overtones are fine, but they, they didn't gel well in this movie. They're just unnecessary and kind of like, you wonder what they were thinking. Yeah, I, and maybe because it was, it was rapey. It wasn't, it wasn't just, sex, it wasn't sexual overtones. It was, it was rape. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, right. It's rape, and then rape you're like, really. Farewell. And at, at that point, you kind of turn on, if, even if you had some identifying with kind of the, the, the lead, even if it was kind of the, the anti-lead, yeah. uh, you're just, you, you turn on him at that point. You're like, well, this guy is a jerk. I don't know. Yeah, he's creepy. Uh, so it does not hold up. No. Uh, number 11, Requiem for a Dream, Darren Aronofsky's uh, heroin binge, uh, <laughs> crazy um, <laughs> dark film. It's an uncomfortable it. movie to watch. It still holds up in the sense that it's it's artistically, uh, you know, it expresses itself artistically in an in, in you know, restrained kind of way, and the acting's good. Um, but it's uh, I won't ever watch this again. It's uh, oh, really? it, it was too uncomfortable to watch. It's it's harrowing. It puts you through the ringer, and yeah, it's one of those no, films sure. that I'm not sure how long it does, but it does feel like you went through a day long, twenty four hour binge with these people um so ellen burston at at her best i'm gonna be on tv <laughs> um yeah. uh uh marlon wayans i thought was great he was not I, I don't think he was really acting acting i think he was still a comedian acting at that point but i thought he was great uh i still like jared leto at that point <laughs> yeah no he was good and, he was good then. and oh speaking of never aging jennifer connelly I think has literally been the Does same not age, age. or she is a vampire. Has she ever been in daylight scenes? I don't know. I saying. don't know. 
Yeah. yeah, I think she defines, you know, does ageless. She just doesn't. She looks the same. Yeah. So I, I love everything about this movie. I, I love the soundtrack. I love the, the way it looks. Um, Soundtrack's the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- this is still one of my top ones. I have it on 4K. I'll tell you that. Oh, nice. It is a great movie. Yeah. Soundtrack is haunting. Uh, and it does, it, it does its job, you know? Yeah. And there was a girl I dated in college who this was her favorite movie. And... Um, She'd be like, oh, what do you want to do? You want to watch Wrecking for a Dream? And I'd be like, no, like, I don't. I don't want to, like, watch that again. Like, we've watched it before. I'm not, we're not doing this again. Like, I'm a kid. I want to, like, yeah. get drunk and, like, let's fool around. I don't, I don't want to watch this, like, I don't want to see the reality or whatever. I don't uh, want to see her armed off. I want to do some heroin. It looks fun. <laughs> kidding. But you can't, he, um, you can't, like, do that. It's like, hey, nothing to do. Let's watch Wrecking for a Dream, like, on a Friday night. You have yeah, to, like, want to be in the zone. Yeah. Do you want to kill some time? You know, relax, watch that room for a dream. The, the line I actually I wanted to shout, I, I caught myself. I'm like, I can't say that on this podcast. But <laughs> I think I know what it was. I think you do. I was like, I'll say that. Good restraint. To post podcast. Thanks for you flying know, Delta films. Flight 55 from Omaha to LAX. Today's in flight movie is Requiem for a Dream. Like, yes. Yes. I did. Uh, but it would be the air- airplane version. So it'd be 30 minutes. 30 <laughs> But it still holds up for us. And number 12, t- talking about good soundtracks, Coyote <laughs> Ugly. What a party. That's what I'd like to be watching. Do we serve water in this bar? <laughs> Hell no. Hell um, no. I don't know how many times they saw this trailer because, same thing, we go to these movies, we have to watch all the trailers. And I'm like, you have to. I don't know how many times I've seen Coyote really Ugly trailer. Probably more, obviously, more than the movie the, itself. Right. But. I need you tonight, cause I'm not sleeping. <laughs> Coyote Ugly, man, it's a good movie. It still holds up. Oof, it does not for me. But are you being serious? I no, I'm joking around. I, I, like, I do I, have I, it though on DVD. Yeah, yeah, like it was my sister's or something. Somehow yeah, I have it in my collection. You can make up whatever excuses you had to. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, see? my sister gave it to me, and I just never got rid of it. You know, yeah, you don't want to start doing is posting pictures on like Instagram and stuff and be like, hey, hanging out on a Friday over the course of a few weeks. But there's always Coyote Ugly playing in the back or like a Coyote <laughs> Ugly poster until somebody's like, you really like that movie. Yeah, I'm movie, like, what huh? are you talking about? Like what? what? Uh, Halloween, I have like the cowboy hat on I'm dancing in a bar. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's OK. You know, um, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't think this movie would be made in 2021. <laughs> no way. It's degrading. Yeah. Yeah, Speaking it's, of it's, degrading. Uh, yes, number 13 on honorable mentions is a friend with weed is a friend indeed. That's your go-to line for this movie. That's it. It's uh, uh, This is my favorite of all the Leprechaun films, yeah. Robert. Leprechaun in the Hood. So I did not see this for the first... I didn't see it until a few years ago when I was doing locations for Leprechaun, I think Leprechaun 2 or something like that. And as you know... At one point, I'm like, well, I better do the whole franchise. And so I uh, got to Leprechaun in the Hood. And uh, I actually enjoyed the two Leprechaun Hood movies. Uh, the next one was Back to the Hood, I think. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I thought Back it was kind of... Back to the Hood. The, 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 two, I think, right? I think so, yeah. If, it wasn't Duh Hood. It was actually the... So. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but, it had, but it was two, I think. It, correct. Um but yeah, I kind of I I did like this one. I thought it was it was much better than I thought, and it obviously was what the previous one was I think Leprechaun in Space maybe or or no that was the um, was it no it was the Vegas one. 
Oh. Yeah. With the, or maybe yeah. it was space. I can't remember. No, three was space. Or three was Vegas. So three was Vegas. Four, four was would space. have been space. Yep. So. Um, yeah. But you did it. You did it. You did this location, Leprechaun Five in the Hood. Yeah. So Lacey Street Studios, where they kind of shot uh, a big chunk of it, where they shot Saw and Feud and Freddy's Dead. Um, yeah. The best for last. All the winners there but um the I, I kind of went to some more hood locations as well uh for this for some establishing shots so um there's the sixth Street bridge that no longer exists in la yeah it will be coming i saw when i drove by last time i was there they started putting up some of the skeleton of the new bridge um it'll be interesting to see how that turns out yeah yeah <laughs> oh no not covid it's just a cold it's just a cold people um but yeah so I, I, <laughs> uh so lovely vermont street and in, in los angeles where i did my best to grab a few shots and get out of there so yeah vermont street stretches um you know it's a long stretch and i used to live near vermont in los feliz and then I would take what I didn't know my way around L.A. when I first moved. I would just take Vermont all the way down to the 110, I think. Yeah. And it got progressively worse. <laughs> you're, you're like, uh, I don't want to uh, go this way anymore. Yeah, um, it I, gets really bad really quickly, like gangs and stuff. Yeah. So there, there's a quiet in there. I think, yeah, this alley, I was like, uh, I'm just going to do some quick shots. And I, I, I did not venture. I didn't walk, did not walk down the alley. <laughs> Uh, smart so yeah you don't want to mess around for this particular one i was like uh yeah if you're walking down the alley with the camera and stuff like that people get a little, little yeah weird. plus you got you got the shots too you yeah i shots. got the shots that i wanted to and there was other kind of uh, locations where you know i wanted to kind of you know get the pawn shop and then uh, some other i think this one has the houses and the church and so forth but a friend with weed is a friend indeed <laughs> But um, but yeah, you know what? I kind of like this this one. Um, I thought it was actually a little. It did progress uh, the series in a unique way, and I thought they did a good job with it. I do too. Yeah, they needed to inject something into the series as well. Yeah, and it's you know, to revitalize it. Yeah. So uh, this right there. Yeah. So yeah. So this is a lot of this is Lacey Street. If for those that are kind of watching the maybe the YouTube version of that, but um, a lot of that looks the same. So they did redo the train station that's right next to Lacey Street um, and kind of upgraded it, but I do all the shots. <laughs> you do a great job. This is my favorite entry, I think I mentioned, in, uh, in Leprechaun. I think it's the yeah. most fun. It, it is fun. And is this the one where they dress up as women as, at the end as fly girls, I think? Uh, I think so. I think so, yeah. So, um, but yeah. It's just it's it's called Leprechaun in the Hood. Like yeah. there's nothing to dislike about it. It's like how could you go wrong? You went to Vegas. You went to space. Let's go to the Hood. You know, we just need Leprechaun underwater, like you know, under sea or something. And uh, and we got ourselves a franchise. Maybe um, yeah, you really did an extensive shoot here. Maybe that was the lost script. So. <laughs> <laughs> Leprechaun underwater. So, but yeah. So check it out, people. Check it out. Setdashjetter.com. Uh, Robert, what do we have for 14? Uh, this is actually, it's not quite a re-release. Uh, it's a kind of a, a special edition. It's the Exorcist, Exorcist, the version you've never seen. Yes. Which you would think would be a made-up subtitle, but it actually is. The version you've never seen. Um, yeah, they showed some more uh, more scares. 
had some more scares. They they had a couple scenes. They put it back in, uh, which for better or for worse, I don't know. It was not sure if it was, should have been there or not. Uh, the there was a couple of jarring parts where they would you see Pazuzu flashing in the just random parts of the screen and be like, what you know, like Ellen Burstyn in the kitchen at night, and there'd be like a flash of the the demon, and be like, for what you know, it's not even like I don't know. Right, uh, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, they had one really subtle one that I liked that um, I haven't watched this version again, but uh, I remember in the theater, uh, she shut Reagan's door and the, the room is really dark and you could just barely see a, a Pazuzu kind of outline and stuff like that. It was like super subtle. Like, and I remember I was like, am I seeing this? And it was kind of creepy almost. So that I enjoyed. But uh, otherwise, yeah, unnecessary. I didn't know why, you know, as far as, you know, George Why Lucas. they did it? Yeah, it kind of felt like a George Lucas special edition of, you know, <laughs> yeah, the the Star Wars you've never seen. Greedo shot Reagan the, first, and you know, I think I remember that scene you were talking about. Um, I did see this theatrically. The first time I went to see this, though, I was I think I mentioned this. I my girlfriend at the time was seventeen, and I was eighteen, and uh, the person's like, "You can't come in. She's not of age." I was like, "I'm her guardian." <laughs> And they they wouldn't let me in. I was like, I could go to Blockbuster and rent this movie. It's been out for thirty years. Like, you're not. Like, I, what is the problem? And, you yeah. know, it's, she's not three. She's it's seventeen. A, like, yeah, and it's a yeah, it's a nineteen seventies R rated. You know, like it doesn't really count anymore. Right. Um, or, maybe, or maybe I was seventeen and she was sixteen. Yeah. But they they wouldn't let me in, so I had to like walk around and then go to another counter yeah. or something like that. But um, um you but yeah. You kids, it it was uh it was it was scary uh, to see that theatrically. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree. They didn't really need to like do a new version. They should just release it on DVD. So speaking of, yeah. So we have a new trilogy uh, in on the horizon, um, and I'll be kind of curious what they they do with that. Uh, Ellen Burstyn is attached, and she's eighty eight oh, yeah. now. So I mean, yeah. I'm not sure what she'll be doing. What, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna do like a one scene cameo? But she's still, I mean, she's still a working actress. She's, you know, still yeah. does great work. Um, she's she's not going to be Laurie Stroding it, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't uh, think so. But, yeah. Laurie Stroding it. <laughs> she doesn't stop. You can't stop I, her. I would love it that if she, you know, like, she's pushed out, the, you know, the balcony or whatever, and oh. then she's gone, you know, like. <laughs> and she's gone. <laughs> what are they going to do? I don't know. Great grandmother? Great. <laughs> Great grandmother. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I hope not. I don't think so. Anyway, uh, eighteen fifteen is dude. Where's my car? This is a funny, funny movie when it came out. Robert, uh, I, I enjoy this a lot. I haven't seen it since the time. So uh, I've seen some pieces. I forgot so Jennifer fun. Garner's in this as one of the, the yeah. girlfriends. Yeah. Um, obviously she wasn't quite well known. I mean, she's still kind of playing girlfriend and stuff like that. So, um. Two leads. I mean, I you can't go wrong with Stifler. I don't. I think he's still he's great, a, a good actor, and, and and still doing some some decent work here and there. So yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think actually I I would I would watch this in my hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's fun. It's it's if it's yeah. on, I'll watch it too. I think Jennifer and, Garner. It was until her breakout role in Pearl Harbor that she yes. really hit mainstream. <laughs> well, I remember I remember her distinctly in Pearl Harbor at one in the morning. Uh, because, at one in the morning. Oh, yeah, was it a one a.m. screening? Yeah, it was a one a.m. screening. I was like, and it was remember because the movie ended and like you're know, like, oh no, there's a whole another hour and like, oh, you know, like. Um, but I remember she stuck yes. out because she seemed was especially weird, nerdy looking, you know, with glasses and like, 
I don't. She she stuck out. She was very frantic. Yeah, and she kind of came into her own uh, looks kind of shortly after. But yeah, anyway. no, for it. sure. Yeah. Uh, what do we got next? Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Oh, hurts. <laughs> it does. Like oh. everything great about Blair Witch. Let's throw that away. Yeah, it's a completely different movie. Yeah. It's almost like. You know, they they just took a film and went, well, the company also owns this, so just call it Blair Witch, too. Yeah, just barely tied to it. Um, I think it was trying to kind of be a meta sequel, and it just it, yeah. it didn't work. People were not, they, they're like, that's not what we want. So, no, so not a not good at film. All. Not a good film. Uh, Magnolia. This is, uh, which one is Magnolia? This is, uh, what is it, three hours long? I can't remember. Um it's an ensemble cast, right? Three hours, nine minutes. It is a long film. And I've never I seen will... it. you never seen it? Is it being automatically so. like if it's over three hours? Oh, no, no, not at all. Yeah. I'm all about about the long draws. Um, yeah. I don't think I've seen this movie, though. Oh, my gosh. This is one of my favorites. So Tom Cruise, Julianne Moore, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, oh, this cleaned up like nominations, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen this. I think once, yeah, just, like just once. After, so I will get caught up in this movie. So doesn't matter what scene I pop into when I if I'm at the hotel, I will stop and and watch it all. So oh, this is one of those. Yes, yeah. this is this is happening when you see it. Yeah. So Julianne Moore at her best uh, was was in this film, and uh, I don't know if you remember the scene where she's at the pharmacy. And she just wants her her pills without judgment. Yeah, that's that is and, a good uh, scene. Yeah, so I think she might. I don't know. A few years ago, that I can't remember. It was kind of a on the street thing, and Julia Miller would act for you. <laughs> and you'd pick out a movie or whatever, and she'd start saying her lines from that's from so different cool. movies and stuff. Like, and the funny thing is, like Julia, they're just able to turn it on. Like literally, you'd listen to it. I'm like, she sounds exactly like she does in whatever movie it was. So I think oh, it was that yeah. scene. That she she did the same thing. She's like almost crying and stuff like that. So uh, I'll have to find that clip. But yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is one of my favorites. I actually like Tom Cruise in this one. I mean, he was yeah. kind of he's uh, maybe a little bit playing himself um, in some right. sense. But. No, but you do like him in this, and there he is a yeah. good actor. You know, like he does. He is he is good. Um, so I'm I'm a fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, of course. So Boogie Nights and for sure. Uh, this punch drunk love and stuff like that so uh yeah correct they there are overly long <laughs> yeah but but, but it, it is good though i like paul thomas anderson too yeah you're you're there for the slow burn on this one it's a slow burn it is uh you said it's at it's julianne moore's best um i would say probably the lost world but um, Sarah. <laughs> just 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 put me out there with the dinosaurs in a camera for six weeks i'll be waiting yeah, it's just like I'll be fine. Hey, Nick. Hey. Ooh, I'm getting a picture of the, the Stegosaurus. <laughs> been out there for weeks. And then, like, literally, they're yelling at each other, and then the camera like this, and the dinosaur's like, "What? Like what? Come on. What? It's bad." <sighs> um, speaking of bad. No. Hey, 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 hey. You like this movie? I can tell. Uh, it is a fun movie. What movie is it? This is Miss Congeniality. So is, everything on paper should say this is not my film. No, but it is a fun movie. This is her as the cop, right? Undercover. Correct, to, yeah. Yeah. Um, and she ended up playing this role a couple times in a different, not, I mean, not just the sequel, but she almost did another. I mean, she was like with the Melissa McCarthy. Uh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. And she almost no, played is, the same thing. This is a good thing. movie. 
yeah so so this one still it, it holds up um you got i i love william shatner in this one. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah 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 so a lot of it was shot in um uh, austin texas um but uh, they did shoot some of it down in san antonio so while I was visiting each of those different cities, I, I visited a few of the locations, and I even stayed at the hotel uh, that they stayed at in the movie. Oh, cool! Did you? What hotel? What kind of hotel was that? Uh, I think it's an Omni. You, when you go down, you can probably see it. So, so this is, uh, and actually, they did a couple shots in New York. This was not shot in New York. This is downtown Austin. Uh, my friend Bran Real to Real did some of the um, New York actual New York locations where she's supposed to live. Oh. Um, but yeah, so and actually, Starbucks let me take pictures inside. They didn't want me to, but that's cool because that's I, corporate. Usually, they're that's a big yeah, no. I think they said just don't tell anybody. I'm like, all right, and then I'll publish them later. <laughs> that's how it is in a lot of those uh, scenarios. I've learned it's up yeah. to the how what kind of mood the person is there. And know? it's strange movie locations. The Starbucks is actually a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, that's very strange that they would yeah. film in an actual one. Yeah, this is a good flick. Did you? What was your Sandra Bullock impression you did when we covered Speed or uh, the Net? And it was really funny. And I rewound it a few times. All I do is like, oh man, that's it. Oh that's, man, I don't like, even know if it's a real quote, but uh, <laughs> no, it is. Where she's like, oh man, like that's she's always kind upset. Of Sandra Bullock uh, kind of way, um, but yeah. So obviously yeah, they've, right. they've done some upgrades since that time, and here we have the Omni Hotel uh near i remember near the airport uh and so i decided to say you know why not if you're gonna go to locations stay at the location but when in rome yeah so i remember i went through and uh got they shot in the pool and they shot uh in the kind of different areas and stuff like that so yeah you got some good good shots in here yeah not the same. I went to. I was like, "Is this the same room?" They. I think they created a set for this based on the way the hallway looks. But for con- or completest sakes, I still took a picture of what was supposed to yeah. be. What was supposed to be? Yeah, I obviously like you did it. Doesn't look quite right, but uh, hot, humid in Texas, and of course near the pool. So I have kind of like these soft '90s looking shots. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you go in the pool when you were there? No, I didn't go in the pool, but I was just around. Well, here's the thing. I I went there at night and stuff because, you know, I don't – here's the creeper, you know, going around taking pic, pic, pictures of people at the pool. But <laughs> So uh, also shot in San Antonio, home of Cloak and Dagger. The movie was shot quite a bit there. And the Alamo. What do you remember? I remember the Alamo. Yeah! <laughs> Is the Alamo no. bigger or smaller in person? That's than you kind of almost exactly what you see. Yeah, smaller. Really? Yeah, and the the bat. I don't know if you, obviously you've, have you never been there. No, I haven't. I want to go. It's, you know, you take pictures this way and it looks fine. Like literally, you turn around and it looks like Niagara Falls, Vegas, weirdo Ripley's, believe it or not, shops. You yes, know? yes. It My is, coworker was just there, and she, I was like, oh, it looks like something out of Vegas. Yeah, with the city is, behind it and the buildings and everything. Awful. It's awful. I'm like, ugh. Why? It's it's just disgusting to me. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, William Shatner. <laughs> there he is. He uh, is the best in this movie. Yeah, and this character. does have an I- iconic line. I think you go down when they're they're on the, they have the uh, pre, whatever. Anyway, they they you know, uh, he asked about their you know the, each contestant about their favorite date, and I think every is it April seventeenth. I think I can't remember. 
Uh, it's only April seventeenth. But yeah, she says it's not too hot, not too cold. All you really need is a light jacket. <laughs> right. And so it is that a funny line. date has kind of lived on April twenty fifth. Um, April twenty fifth. Yeah. So you'll you'll see lots of posts. I think even William Shatner posts something on April every April twenty fifth as well. <laughs> oh really? Oh good. But is he going to anyway, live forever? I don't know. So I mean, he doesn't stop is, working. He he's kind of this, he seemed older at this time, and that was twenty one years ago. So. I I I I've thought that recently about something. I saw him and I was like, he he like got younger over time. Uh, he has a good plastic surgery. These are great roles for him because he has a, he has a good sense of humor and good comic timing. He does. Oh yeah, he does. He really he really is underrated yeah. as a comic actor. So, yes, um, I still recommend Miss Congeniality. Miss Congeniality still holds up, folks. Uh, Nineteen is Urban Legends Final Cut. Who's this, Robert? This is the sequel to Urban Legend. Um, and I've yeah. only seen this once. Um, so that might kind of give you a hint that this does not hold up. This f- film does have some fans, but it is not. I did not think it was that good. What did you find it to be more of a cash grab of the first one, rushed sort of thing? It did. It was less inventive and less creative. And I just, yeah. Wasn't your uh, cup of tea? It did. And it, I, if I remember, it didn't have the same level of cast. The first one had like Jared Leto and Alicia Witt and um, just, as it, I think it was Michael Rosenbaum in that one. I can't remember. But, um, hmm. but maybe, probably not. But anyway, it had a lot. Uh, Daniel Harris and stuff like that. It had a better cast, a stronger cast, and this one just kind of felt like a lifetime version. Did this one fall flat by the standards of Mr. R. Patterson? It did. I don't own it. It doesn't hold up, folks. You heard it there. Sorry. Uh, what Women Want. This movie was made for Robert. Um, <laughs> Mel Gibson, of course, about a misogynist uh, ladies' man, womanizer, who can hear women in his <laughs> I put this on the list. To see if you've ever seen it, because I wanted I to have, see what you had to say about it. I have not seen it. I've seen the trailer. I remember. Okay. Um, because I was like, "What?" Is, yeah. No. Did okay. you see it? I've seen. I have seen this, but if you if you watch it like in today's how you know the state of the world is today, and you watch it now, it would never get made. It's basically Mel Gibson, a womanizer in the movie, um, who can hear what women think. Just in the movie. Just. <laughs> Well, that's what's funny about it is it's <laughs> knowing his history. You're like, really? But he had um, Bette Midler as his uh, psychiatrist. And, you know, she's like, oh, this is a gift. And he kind of embraces it. So it's him walking around here and like, oh, nice, nice suit, nice pants, nice butt. And he like kind of gives like the gun smoking at him, yeah. even though they don't know <laughs> that he can hear him. So he's yeah. kind of like doing one of these. It's just so, it's so ridiculous. It's, I feel like after is this like the companion piece to the mirror has two faces? Uh, it's know. not far off. Helen okay. Hunt's in it, and you know it's um, maybe I'll have to give it a watch. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Marissa Tomei's it does is fun in there. It's uh, it has would some I fun love, parts, but would I love that, to hate it? Right, but I love you, you hate know. Bette Midler. Well, no, but I well I hate her for the Stepford Wives remake, but oh, of course, uh, yeah. Oh, you love to hate. Ooh, you said. Ooh, yeah, do I love to hate it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Would I? This would this be a movie I love to hate? Kind of yeah. like I love the mirror has two faces. I I think so. Um, because it, it is it is pretty ridiculous. Mel Gibson's so smooth in here, where he's like dancing the Sinatra with like a coat hanger kind of thing. Like, cause he's so smooth, he can make anything sexy. Gotcha. So during a scene, he's like dancing with like 
a hat and like a coat hanger. It's, it's really bizarre. Um, but it's got the chick from uh, that you like in here uh, from Jurassic World, amongst others, the mom in Jurassic World. Uh, 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 Judy Greer? Yeah, yeah, Judy Greer's in here. You mean Karen Strode? Yeah, Karen Strode is in here. Yes, I'm sorry. Oh, Karen I'm sorry. Strode is in here. I know her as Karen quest. Strode. Yeah, but it, um, it is. It, but yeah, it doesn't hold up. It's not given his history. It's very funny. Um, maybe I, I you, you actually got me a little intrigued. Like, like maybe I would just love to hate it, and I, that would be a, a fun. Yeah, thing. I, I I think everything. If you wanted to just watch the first thirty minutes, you would get it. It's just a lot of like, boy, wow, look at him. He's good, and he's kind of doing like, yes, I am, like walking backwards kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway. Uh, American Psycho is next. This is a um, this is Christian Bale, who is arguably uh, one of the finest actors of our generation. Uh, I'm going to give you an unpopular opinion. This movie still holds up for me. It is an overrated movie, though. Anyone today that's like, oh my gosh, American Psycho, Patrick Bateman. No, no, it's not as good as you think it is, people. Um, Stop trying to no. be an art house student. You're not a film <laughs> student at UCLA. It's not as good as it is in your head. I so it's unpopular. Oh, yeah, you're just saying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, it's true. Um, what was I going to say about this? So I read the book in college. I remember. Um, oh. but uh, aristocrat. What? Yeah. And uh, at the time, it was obviously it was banned. You know, there was a lot of people like just did not were out against this book for a number of reasons. And, and the book really was, I mean, I was a fan of Brett Easton Ellis cause I love lesson zero on the rules of attraction. Um, and the book was, uh, it had some jarring parts. And so, but people thought it was kind of almost unfilmable. And so I remember at the time uh, when they were kind of saying here, the director was going to be a woman, which kind of made sense because there's maybe they'll bring a different sensibility uh, to that. Um, I think, yeah. So he he's been quoted, I think, as saying Christian Bale's that he based his uh, character personality off of Tom Cruise. <laughs> and if you see that now, the kind of overacting, yes. and over smiling, whatever—that's all you see—is Tom Cruise overdoing. Oh yeah, good this point. Well before Tom was jumping on the couch, you know, on, on Oprah, you know, but it's that same type of. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. That's all I'll be able to see now. Yeah. Um, I, the other thing I read, um, uh, who, who plays the cop in it? Um, uh, the, the police detective, um, um, I don't know. Uh, the wacky guy, uh, we uh, are William such Dafoe. other Saturdays. Well, well, we have all the facts. We have all the facts, but Willem Dafoe. And, uh, from what I read, oh, yes. he did kind of three different versions at, for every take of at the wildest versus the kind of the, the mildest and, and whatever because they didn't know what they were going to kind of kind of put in there and stuff like that so so i appreciate i did not i hated this movie at the time because i thought oh they did they got everything wrong um and then the more i kind of go back i do watch this movie and i was like oh there's pieces that that i kind of like and i kind of like what he was doing uh reese witherspoon was kind of playing reese witherspoon a little bit the kind of her known character yeah. was kind of the 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 rich uh, kind of white girl uh, that was just there for. She wanted she there to be the, the token white girl. Yeah, she wanted to be the trophy wife. Um, right. Uh, uh, Jared Leto was kind of the weird, <laughs> kind of Gordon Gecko ish. You know, they everybody yeah. had yeah, yeah. That, that hair. I think it was smart to kind of keep it more in the eighties uh, period. 
uh, because even by 2000, things are like, oh, I don't know if this would still. Uh, yeah, no, I think it, that was a smart move. And they nailed it, too, with the suits and everything. Yeah. It was like, um, it was perfect. And the cell phones. <laughs> but at the point, yeah, so I don't own it, but I, st- I still watch it just to, to kind of see. And uh, once again, uh, for the most part, uh, Canada, Toronto played New York in this one. And it played it beautifully like a it, fiddle. It did. I think they, they share a few couple of locations with the police academy. Oh, I think you mentioned <laughs> that before. Yeah, if I remember right, that I was like, oh, I, I thought that's just like perfect, you know, you know, known for police academy and American Psycho. This this block. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a good movie. It still holds up. Um, and they, they they made a bad sequel, <laughs> um, which I think I only got about twenty minutes in. I think William Shatner's in the sequel. Uh. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. So oh, I haven't seen it. American Psycho two. Yes. Um, is it a think, female in the lead? Yeah, like uh, is it Mila Kunis? I think or something like that. So. No, I just guessed that. I didn't even know they made yeah, a sequel. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's it one move. of those. It's kind of weird, and and so yeah. Patrick Bateman actually does did have a role in Rules of Attraction, which I think is coming up uh, next year in. Oh, in cool. Or 2002, I think. Um, but I think that scene was cut out, but they did shoot a scene with not, they couldn't get him to play it, but, um, obviously oh, really? James Vanderbeek is supposed to be, I think the brother of Patrick. Yeah. Oh. Or something like that, but I can't remember. Oh, that's kind of cool. It'll come to me. So still watchable. Um, I still think it, here's the thing. It has some scenes that are memorable, um, that are kind of still etched into my mind, you know, the chainsaw scene yeah, uh, and, and so forth. So obviously, of course. 20 years later, if you're kind of still remembering specific scenes and how they played out, obviously pieces of it still worked. Couldn't agree more. And sometimes a few of those scenes are all it takes to carry the movie and, you know, rewatch it and want to enjoy that film. Unless it, the, that movie is The Doors. And then a few scenes aren't enough to save that movie. <laughs> to save that movie so. um, the, the other scene that I really liked in that uh, was where he, he kind of goes back to the scene of the crime. Um, I think to Paul's apartment um, to get something or whatever, and he the doors jarred open, and he's kind of looking around, and everything's been literally whitewashed, and he, there's you know you can see he he goes to the closet I think where he left the body or something like that, and yeah. there's paint buckets or whatever, and he bumps into the realtor, and she says like Are you my two o'clock? He's like No, he's like Whatever, and there's this tense where she goes I think you need to leave now. And it's like she knows what happened in that apartment, and I feel like she knows that he had something to do with it. And it's just yes, it's you, thrilling. Yeah, you hold your breath, and it's like is and these What's are going to happen. Yeah, is he going to kill her? You know, like what? You know, like um, yeah. Those that's to me the kind of crowning moment in that film of like I was just I just remember holding my breath in the theater. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's an intense scene. That's that's a great filmmaking right there too, and make yeah. you think about that. And the fact that it's working on you 20 plus years later, I mean, yeah. that's few people can have that kind of impact. Yeah. No blood or gore. You know, it's just like this. Yeah. Yeah. No. Insane, so. No, they, I think they restrain themselves pretty good in that. Um, and finally, we have a treat for you. Uh, this is a, a very special, very sexual treat. This is the next best thing. <laughs> and this is uh, I'm going to read an excerpt from Robert's site. Oh, uh, today marks the anniversary of the next best, best thing, released March third, two thousand. Obviously not applicable on this date, but as a big Madonna fan, I feel it's my obligation to visit these locations. Because this is an exclamation point, 
Um, and it is your obligation as the biggest Madonna fan, and we have proven on this show, um, you have an obligation to cover all things Madonna, just like the news has an obligation to cover the news. Okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, you always embarrassed because I'm like, I could literally, sometimes I'm writing this, these things, things in the middle of the night, whatever, and I'm like, who knows what I wrote? And then I'll start, you start quoting them, I get a little bit scared. <laughs> oh, no, they're all great. I read them all, and they're all good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I tell us seen, about this. Well, I, so the next best thing is, a, a Madonna vehicle at that time. Um, and, uh, I don't, I did not, I did not see this in the theater. I did not see this, I think until just several years ago. Um, because hmm. it just, I, as you know, I, I have typically avoided Madonna f- acting films because that's not her strong suit. That's not her I'll, strength. I'll, I'll say that. So. Um, so at some points, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'll, I'll go to these locations and, and, or I'll watch the movie and kind of check it out. So, so yeah, so you, you'll, you'll see kind of some one-off shots. So this is not a super completist uh, shot, but you know, she had her house kind of in the, I remember, I think in, uh, kind of Silver Lake area, um, Ray's restaurant has been used a couple of times. And so I actually did sit at, I think I sat at the booth that she sat at. Oh, cool. Uh, so, um, I vividly remember Ray's restaurant because <laughs> I've told the story when I this I went right here to eat lunch after I visited the Jarvis cabin for the first time or the only time. Um, oh, nice! I had lunch uh, at Ray's afterwards, and I think it was here that I was eating. And I realized I didn't get any pictures of myself at the Jarvis cabin. So, oh no! And so you that's tell, why you have that yeah, look of yeah. regret. And if you see my shirt, you know this is day one. <laughs> This is day one. That's yep. the lucky shirt. Are Madonna is Madonna in this character? What's the relation in this film? I think they're friends. I can't remember. So, but they're not working at the same place with the uniform. Uh, no, because Madonna's a yoga instructor. I think. I'm just wondering why the set decorator would have two actors wearing a pink shirt in the oh. same scene. Well, see, Madonna's wearing the sexy one, <laughs> and she's wearing the. She looks great. Yeah. So this is where she was super muscly at this point. You know. She was toned, lean and fit, and pretending to. Maybe she, I think she was still being a vegetarian. I think she started eating meat after she got pregnant. It was like supposed to be a scene, but anyway. Right. Um. So I, I actually went shopping at this John's grocery store. Did you really? <laughs> yes. What, what did Why you go not? shopping for when visiting? Like uh, supplies. I, I yeah. I usually buy my soda, protein bars, and then if I'm feeling bad, I also buy Doritos and Pop Tarts. Soda is Diet Coke. Yes. Protein bar is like a Nutri-Grain or something? Quest, yeah, Quest protein bars. And if I, when I'm in town, when I'm in Omaha, I don't eat Pop-Tarts and I don't eat Doritos. But out of town, nobody knows. Nobody knows. So you eat yeah. the Pop-Tart. Pop-Tarts, do you get the plain or do you get the frosting? Chocolate, chocolate frosting. Chocolate. Oh, chocolate. yeah. That's yeah, the best. So. Um, sit in my hotel and watch American Psycho. On the... <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good night, though, for real. Yeah, so... This shot, Robert, is the Hamilton Elementary School at uh, Rosevia Street in Pasadena. Yep. Looks about the same. Have they used this in other movies? Um, I feel like they have. I know It does look familiar to me, so I probably went there before. It looks a little bit like the License to Drive skill, School, but I don't think that it is. Oh, that maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I, it's I don't ringing some kind of bell. Yeah, it might be the same school. I can't remember. So, Look at me in the middle of the street. <laughs> is this the same shot in Last Action Hero? No. No. 
Yeah, you know what so, I'm talking about, though. Yeah, I do, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, so so this is kind of Echo Park. So, you're I, in a dangerous part of the street. I was. Any car could come sailing over at any <laughs> moment. This is how committed I am for Madonna fans. I I, uh, get I know where this is. Possible. This is cool. Yeah. So that was. Uh, you became I, a Madonna fan when you were younger, right? Like before this movie came out, obviously. Well, you know, I'm. 51 now so i was around when madonna came out um and so and i had the the like a virgin album i remember it was kind of risque you know um you had it originally yeah yeah because that was like 85 or i think it was like 15 or something like that so i remember when i first heard madonna i remember vividly i don't know don't ask me why i know this kmart parking lot with my my best friend's dad or whatever, and I think he had the original Madonna, whatever, and and he's like, I he's he he loved it. He was like, this is Madonna and whatever. And I remember listening to him like, all right, you know, like, this is know. Madonna. Yeah, I was like, okay, you know, and then, uh, but yeah, so I, I, you know, she was kind of pop, you know, whatever, and then yeah, she was part of MTV, you know, growing up. And then, uh, yeah, and then college, I kind of got got away from her a little bit because I was really into the Smiths and the pixies and you know that, that post-punk scene yeah and then it wasn't until uh uh around truth or dare i was like oh now i got it i got what she was you get it about. now now i get it you went more towards madonna and less towards the more you ignore me the closer i get is that a madonna quote no, no, that's a, it's a Smith song, right? It's a Smith song? Oh, okay, gotcha. I, I thought you were doing another. Or maybe it's, like, it's just oh Morrissey. God. Okay, maybe it is Morrissey. So the I thought more you, I thought... you ignore me, the closer I yes. get. I've seen Morrissey I... a few times in concert when he doesn't cancel. <laughs> when he's not, a, before he became a nut job? Yeah. Well, sometimes I, I still have to go see him and just go like, oh, you know, this is this is my idol. Or, you know, at the, at the time I want to kind of see him. And, but yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I can put the separate the man and music, but that is cool. Um, before we get into Can't Look Away, I posted something on our Twitter I'm going to share. I asked uh, listeners to name one movie that you've watched endlessly while younger that is now absolutely unwatchable. And I'm just going to read one. Um, thank you all for um, tweeting us back at the underscore podcast, and we will uh, read them again in the future. But this one is from uh, username Liquid Lozenge. And his choice is my stepmother is an alien. Oh, so, is that the Kim Basinger one? Uh, maybe. I, I know it's Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Yeah. Uh, it's it's unwatchable now. I guess. It, I, w- w- was it unwatchable at the time? I guess the thing is, like, if you were a kid, you know, things things were a little bit different. So, but yeah, so that's the Kim Basinger one. Uh, you're right, Dan Aykroyd is in that. Um, that oh might, yeah. That might be a, a rewatch sometime. Like. I think this this might go into the what did I say earlier? How bad can it be? <laughs> yeah, how bad can it be? Yeah, so I think we that might be kind of our one of our next things is uh how how bad can it be? <laughs> I was thinking about that. We should do. I think once we get to like 2015, at least for me, do they still or uh, can't look away? Are going to get yeah. tough because if if five years ago, if it was, there's still it's still pretty modern. Yeah. Or if it was bad, I probably wouldn't just watch it ever again. Where, you know, you know, you're just not going to like do that. Put yourself we'll, through we'll that. We'll do a roll of the dice and and figure out what year we're going to end this on. But, but yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, have people kind of keep kind of giving us those, and I think we'll put it under the how bad can it be? And likely, if we have not seen it, or we'll have to do our homework and do it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. So thank you for tweeting that out. We will uh, revisit my stepmother's nailing. 
um, and Can't Look Away. These are films that are so bad, but regardless, we can't look away. Robert, what do you have for yours? So you know me. I always have a tie, and I just really can't decide. I uh, love the ties. Which which ones? Like Because uh, I think the runner-up that I'll say for this one is Pay It Forward. <laughs> Pay It Forward. Another 1 a.m. Um, did you see this one? or? I'm trying to remember what, which one is Pay It Helen Forward. Helen Hunt. Uh, Kevin Spacey, Haley Joel Osment of The Sixth Sense. <laughs> I remember this movie, like, but I don't remember the movie. Oh, it's yeah. It's, I don't think I've seen it. It's etched in my mind as well. So, oh, this is bad. It is bad. I knew it'd be bad right away because I think one of the opening scenes um, is I think it's a place place in Vegas. Um, so Helen Hunt plays a waitress and she's all done up and she's all like overly doing it for whatever, like what? And like literally as soon as she she turns. <laughs> Her face drops. And it's supposed to be this character moment to show you that she's just putting on a facade as a waitress for these people. It's like, uh, she's a hardworking mom. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like her and um, as good as it gets. She's the hardworking Maybe. single mom waitress. Yeah. And I was just like, Ugh. and then so it's the everybody is literally chewing the taking everything they can to chew out every scene that they can. Kevin Spacey at his worst. Um, is it Jim oh. Cavazel is is in this as well? Oh, so. Jim Caviezel. Caviezel, yeah. Jesus. Um, Jay Moore from Go. Do you remember him? Yeah, of course. Uh, it, it's in this and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. So there, it's like I just remember this was torture, and then I remember at the end we were just giggling the whole time because uh, <laughs> it was late. We're being punchy, and we're like, we're like, this movie sucks. Pay for it. It, but it's a serious film. It's like a drama. It, it's supposed to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, that's the runner-up. I should stop talking about that. No, no, no. What? What was the? Uh, what's the crown? Be dazzled. Oh, I'm so. I was gonna pick this. Were you? And you? And I, yeah. And I saw you did it, and I was like, oh my gosh, be dazzled. And it's a remake, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know if I think I've seen the actually original. So, um, so Brendan Fraser at kind of his height i know he's kind of making a, a comeback now elizabeth hurley who is really not, not my favorite actress but she she kind of you know plays the devil in this and so right there's enough funny parts in this that it just always kind of cracked me up and i think it's one of those kind of fast moving movies where he they don't dwell into one little segment too long and then he's he's in a different kind of realm yeah. does he play like a colombian drug lord at some point yeah <laughs> it's all over the place you can't yes. stop watching though it's 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 amazing and there's enough funny moments that you're just kind of giggling for it's not even that good but no. i love it i own this on dvd it is great yeah it is a good movie and also i mean it's terrible but you you have to watch it um my friend dylan and i we've developed this movie into like a cult status between the two of us where we will go on long, drawn-out like scenarios just to bring up bedazzled in it. Like, whole, like, listen, I'm really upset. Like, something happened to my family. Are you able to give me a ride? And I'll be like, what, what's going on? It's like, well, I was checking out my stuff, and I thought it was stolen. And I, the biggest thing is I can't find bedazzled. And I'll be like, oh, I thought you were really, like, injured or something. <laughs> like, we just bring up bedazzled. Uh, really? Yeah. Just yeah. I don't know why the two of us of enjoy life. that movie so much. But it's just, it's bedazzled. Yeah. So it's... it's I think it's still a fun ride. <laughs> it is a fun ride. Totally. Uh, Harold Ramis was the director. So Yeah. Rest in, rest in peace. You've met him before? Yeah, I have. Early, young teenage Robbie. <laughs> young teenage. Robert young. doesn't age. 18-year-old oh. Robbie. So, yeah. I, I, apparently, I do because nobody knows that that's me in the picture. 
I just like young Robert Halloween costumes. Um, oh, I yeah. Just, I, I just feel like there should be a, a biopic on your life. For listeners, I was I was looking I was looking for some old photo, and I came across these old older photos, and I found this picture of me trick or treating, and I was probably five or something like that, and I'm in a clown costume, so it's probably like 1975, well before Halloween came out, and I just look like a little Michael Myers. It's perfect. I mean, and and the the fact that it's a 70s picture makes it like better. It doesn't look cheesy. It's like it's a young Michael Myers with yeah. that costume. That's the way it was then. Like literally, I could be holding a knife, butcher knife, yeah. uh, in that picture. But that <laughs> costume. Like, yeah. Wait, that came out before the movie. Yeah, no, this was yeah, this was like seventy-five or something like that. Oh, so. I thought you did that as a kid, as like no, your parents did gosh. as a joke. No, no, this is wait. Well so that was <laughs> what? Yeah. That really, that was your. That was a real costume. Yes. So the clown that, costumes like look like that. Well, I think my mother made it, but. The, the wow. costume, I think the mask you, had, you bought and stuff like that at the no, time. Yeah, I know. The, yeah. But like that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's incredible. Where, yeah, and, and the house next to us, that looks almost like the Myers house. You saw the white yeah. pillars and stuff like that. So so that was Nettie, and her daughter uh, was Irish McCalla, who played Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, the original Sheena. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. A little, little Hollywood tie, even way back then. That's amazing. Yeah. Where? What does she do now? Uh, they're both passed away, I think. Oh, she okay. Yeah. So Irish McCullough actually does have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, uh, actually right, uh, right near Capitol Records. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Near uh, Hollywood and Vine. Yes. So um, yeah, I went to go. Uh, she died in two thousand two. I see. So not that too long ago. Okay. But but from Pawnee City, Nebraska. Oh, Pawnee City. Um, I don't know where that is, but what? Larry Pawnee. the Cable Guy, Irish McCalla, Pawnee City. Yeah, I love the name. I I think they named um, Pawnee is in Parks and Rec because I think they were looking for something like it one. Is. I know Pawnee City. I think it's the only Pawnee City in the entire United States. There's only one. So oh, okay. you can ever you mean Pawnee City, Missouri? There there is no Pawnee City, Missouri. No. It's, it's only Pawnee Nebraska. City, Nebraska. Yeah. Stephen King should have actually chosen Pawnee City instead of Hemingford or something like that. I think it's a better name, and he, I think he missed out big yeah. time. Way to go, King. Yeah. Way to let everybody down. Uh, all right. So your, your account look away kind of surprised me. Yeah, I put next Friday. It was going to be bedazzled, but you picked that. So I put next Friday because it is a funny stupid movie with its ice cube with it's a sequel to Friday, which is a which is a good film. Um, next Friday is really bad. Um, there's a lot of stereotypes on um, uh, Latino people uh, in the movie that that are just like awful. Um, but it's the whole movie's really Ice Cube just smoking pot on the couch, saying one-liners, um, you know, living with his uh, yeah. cousin. Um, it's they couldn't get Chris Tucker back. Um, this was a theatrical release, surprisingly. Um, it feels like a DVD release, but. Um, yeah, I will watch it if it's on because it's it's got some funny Ice Cube one-liners. It's Ice Cube playing Ice Cube, doing funny stuff. Uh, right, so. But it's it's a really bad movie. And it took me. I'm like, I forgot this movie even existed. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, uh, most do. At least they added next. You know, right, right. Next Versus, Friday. I think there's do. a third one too. That's like the Friday after next or yeah. something. I'm fine with that. I'd I'd rather have that 
um, versus just the same, you know, the, the same title. Yeah, the next yeah. Exorcist. You know, <laughs> whatever it takes. Just the Exorcist it. after last Friday. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Friday before next Thursday. Yes. <laughs> the day after Rosh Hashanah, because the post office is closed on the Jewish holiday. Next. <laughs> yes. So, any little indicators that this is a different uh, movie? Right. Yeah. Switch it up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it is. It is f- stupid funny. But there's a lot of like I said stereotypes where like the Mexicans have like a Chihuahua and they're just like ASA a Holmes and you're like come on guys like stop. Um, but yeah. That is it. That is 2000. Thank you for uh, listening, listeners to the show. Uh, it's going to be our show tonight. Thank you, Robert Patterson. Uh, check out Robert's website, set-shatter.com. And next we have 2001, Robert. Are there anything uh, that stands out for the next show that you can think of? Uh, not off the top of my head. I had no T-shirts to wear this time. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe I next know... time your Pearl Harbor T-shirt. Uh, maybe the, the Pearl Harbor T-shirt. So, uh, yeah, I have not looked ahead to 2001. So I know there's a couple good ones and a couple... Not so good ones. <laughs> I'll I say mean, that. Pearl Harbor is the crown gem, I think. I can't wait to get into this to hear your thoughts on it. I, uh, say. Before, I I love to talk about trailers and stuff like that because this is the this was kind of the time when trailers really brought in the movies or trailers were a big a big deal. That's what made, sold the movie more than anything. So Oh yeah. It was two thousand one to two thousand six where trailers were like, That's it. This is what you got. You know, <laughs> it made or bro- broke him. And I always say, the louder the trailer, the more it made you want to see it. The louder, right? It, the louder it is. Let's do it. They did put this one up to eleven. The Pearl Harbor trailer was loud with the planes. It was. It was deafening. Yeah, and it was super patriotic. It, it had uh, it had a lot going for it because of the time it was released too. Um, yeah. That it was kind of a high patriotism time. But anyway, we'll, we'll get into that next time. We will get into that. Thank you for listening, everybody. Um, I'm Matthew Clark with Robert Patterson. Thank you for listening to Set Jetter Saturdays, and we will see you on the set. Good night.